0: talk about the games we're touching and the games that touch us my name is kevin and my name's daniel and this is an episode we don't count these we do not mm-hmm. i think we've done like a dozen
1: yeah i was trying to kind of maybe ballpark a number for it and 12-ish. i put it at like 14
0: 14 yeah Ooh. i would have lost the prices right there let me tell you what the way Oh, hold on what all right you he... is that how you win i've never seen the prices right you've never seen the prices right game shows are boring to me Oh, what? I don't like game shows.
1: So I feel like that one and Jeopardy were the two that I was like really into. Wheel of Fortune I was particularly good at just because I was like really good at filling in like
0: the vowels and consonants to make the words. So like, you know, I didn't watch a lot of Jeopardy either. Mm -hmm. So I don't know how to frame like, is that you're supposed to frame things as a question? (laughs) Yeah. As an answer? I would ask Alex Trebek, but he is no longer with us. So is it backwards?
1: So it's like... There's a category and then there's like sub... Hold on. There's sub entries where it's like here's the $100 one, <laughs> okay. two hundred, five hundred thousand. Yeah. And then there's the double jeopardy, right? So you're jeopardy. like, "Oh, I'll take this one for 500." And then it'll pop the question, and then you have to answer in a question.
0: Okay. Yeah. So what? like the category is like the answer, but you have to like say the right question about it. <laughs> right? So okay, here, we'll do a different one. We'll do sure. we'll do um uh,
1: Xbox characters, right? Uh, and then, you know, the double Jeopardy is like, which character suit jerks him off? And you would say, oh, what is Master Chief? What is the Master Chief? Or who is Master Chief? Yeah, exactly. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. I can't believe I described Jeopardy.
0: That's... So if you say, like, raw, what if you're just like, oh, Master Chief, like Alec Trebrek. Uh, yeah. God rest his soul. He'd be like, shut up, fucker! <laughs> I think he slaps your wrist. He goes, fuck you. Cheek. You've, you've been, the money's deducted. Yeah. Idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what happens? I think that's what happens. Okay, cool. Yeah. I would fuck that up because like my brain would stall mm-hmm. to like not just like answer it as like oh it's Master Chief. Yeah, he'd be like, Shh, get the fuck out of this studio, you slut! I'm like, oh, what? <laughs> no, Alec. I
1: think it'd be an honor to be called a slut by, Alex by Trebek. Alec Trebek. Yeah.
0: Well, <laughs> your window of opportunity kind of kind of passed, huh?
1: Wait, it, Alec Trebek, right? Not Alec Trebek. I think it's Alec. Damn, you don't know how to play Jeopardy. I don't know his name. Yeah, I don't <laughs> know how to play Jeopardy. I don't watch games. Game shows always
0: bored me as a kid. I don't know why.
1: What was something that engaged you as a child? Stories.
0: Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty fucking simple, right? Stories. No, like it's Alex Trebek. I liked, uh... oh, it's Alex.
1: Yeah. Damn. You had me fucking second guessing myself there. That's okay. Wow, he hosted 37 seasons from its revival in 1984 this until is... his death in 2020. Ooh. That's crazy.
0: You could say it killed him.
1: I've never done... <laughs> Okay, so stories are so How many
0: years of Jeopardy does it take to kill a man for 100?
1: <laughs> uh, what is 37 seasons, Zach? You got me.
0: Oh my god! This is off to a start. Yeah, it is. Hello, hey everyone, welcome. If you don't know the format for save room plays, there's no fucking rules unlike no. Jeopardy, <laughs> and uh, we talk about video games and whatnot. We do. Uh, but sometimes when we have a how would you say a backlog of yes. gaming news that occurs, mm-hmm. we got to discuss it. It's true. So we got a soft doc. It's not a real doc. A soft doc. It's a soft I like doc, that. right? The hard docs are the hard hitting news, but this is a save room news plays.
1: It's the yeah. new hybrid format that right. we've been working out. Who knows? Hybrid
0: format. Yeah. Okay. Big sales.
1: So we tried, I'm going to kind of just open up the floor here. We tried yeah. to record today at like noon. Oh yeah. But like for some reason, West Seattle was like, what if you didn't? And it gave us like just the most inconvenient amount of wind and rain yeah. to knock out like power, but like just in our neighborhood. Tree fell down. Yeah. A tree fell down. Not in our
0: neighborhood yeah, though. Somewhere was,
1: else. Yeah. Yeah. Probably like a few blocks away, knocked yeah. out a power grid and yeah, like, yeah. we were without
0: power and we're like, we almost didn't know how to act for a while. Uh, <laughs> like, we were waiting as if yeah. like it would take minutes yeah. to come back on, but like that's not how trees falling and power lines work.
1: Well, we didn't know at the time that that's what had happened. Yeah. We thought it was just like a quick surge. And I mean, I'm yeah. used to that. Like when we lived in, you know, like our last place, I think the infrastructure out there was way better. And same in Florida where it's like power would go out for like seconds and then come back on. You're like, oh, cool. It was just a little brown out. No big deal. Right, right, but like this one, it's like I it went out and we were just sitting here, and we're just like, "Well, the laptop's almost dead. We can't record." It's I'm like still we're... laughing
0: at the word "brownout."
1: <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that you started laughing.
0: About it. it makes me laugh. What know. is a
1: brownout for five hundred? is a brownout? It's a problem
0: with jeans if you're out in public.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so we were sitting here and like we almost like had a podcast like in the dark. Like I wish the laptop had been charged because we could have just talked our
0: way through it. Yeah, yeah, the battery probably wouldn't have survived. No, that. no, not on my old Mac. Oh, we'd have to do a five-minute podcast, and we've already, like, explained way Jeopardy through that time, so <laughs> fuck. Oops. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, come on, Seattle. It got, like, a little little windy, right? Mm-hmm. You know, back in Florida, we survive a hurricane, and I'm still going to watch the Knicks play at night. We, I don't know why the Knicks. I don't know why. <laughs> but, yeah, anything I want to do, I can do it. Because power, it don't go away. Mm-hmm. Unless it's, like, you know, Wilma.
1: We were talking about it too, where it's like, oh, we could have dealt with the internet being down because at least we could play games offline. Yeah,
2: exactly. Or like at
1: least watch TV. But it's like, well, Live powers my life. out. Like we didn't know what to do. You were playing. You were. Um, You're reading itchy, scratchy. Mm. <laughs> Whatever, itchy, I could look at it. You're reading itchy, tasty. Yeah, I'm reading
0: itchy, tasty by uh, it's uh, Alex Aniel.
1: Yeah, and I was like, yeah. all right, I guess I'll play a fucking Metroid Dread on my Switch. So
0: hey, man, I'm learning about the history of Resident Evil, dude. Mm-hmm. I need to know more and more about this franchise that has. Uh, Shaped my life. What's a fun fact you learned while reading in the dark today? Uh, Shinji Mikami made a stupid decision to um, (laughs) release all of the Resident Evil mainline titles exclusively for the GameCube. The GameCube would go on to sell about 22 million units Mm -hmm. versus the PlayStation 2, which sold 155 motherfucking units. Shinji, Shinji, on, Shinji, Shinji, baby. And they went back on that they went back on that decision real yeah. fucking quick by the way cuz uh you and me both know that Resident Evil 4 definitely came out for the PS2 mm-hmm. cuz somebody at Capcom said, "Hey, we're a business." You remember that? "We're a business. Fuck your philosophy."
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't know that I like the um like brand and identity of Capcom being kind of locked to one console or another.
0: No, I like Capcom's Capcom belongs party. everywhere. it should be everywhere? I yeah. think it's okay to have exclusives, you mm-hmm. know, here and there, mm-hmm. right? Um, have your odd man out like Dino Crisis 3 for the Xbox or mm-hmm. Dead Rising 3 for the Xbox. That's weird that they always go for the third one. Anyway, but yeah, I, I, I don't, yeah, the other thing is, and this is an interesting anecdote, where uh, the COO of PlayStation found out about this. In 2001, they announced that they were going to do, all Resident Evils were coming to GameCube. That was a home of horror. From now on, right? And the world was like, what the fuck, Nintendo? Are you serious, dude? Mm. And the CEO of PlayStation actually went to the head of Capcom's birthday dinner to fucking <laughs> complain to him.
1: Sorry, I'm going to crash your dinner at fucking Benihana.
0: Yeah, dude, he was like, what <laughs> the fuck? That. He's like, hey, I feel like the PlayStation brand helped the Resident Evil brand become a thing. Yeah. Like, why are you abandoning us? Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, you know, fucking, you can't, you can't throw a Mud eye guy. You remember how uh, Final Fantasy switched from Nintendo to PlayStation? You didn't seem mad about that choice when it was uh, uphill, but now that it's downhill... Well, you know what? We're going to be successful, and we'll see how your little PS2 does. And that person, I think, is dead. Or fired. Who
2: knows?
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's interesting because, like, you very much associate... You asked me, like, what do you associate Resident Evil with in terms of a console? And I was like, PlayStation. Like, it was was just a no-brainer to me. Yeah, PlayStation. There is that era of, like, you know, those... GameCube games between, like, you know, Resident Evil Remake, Zero, and uh, Resident Evil 4, where it's like, well, that was kind of, like, a lot of people's entry point to the the series. That was my entry point, where I'm like, oh, I hadn't played any of these before, and that's kind of where I found the life for Resident Evil, and, you know, worked my way through those games, but even still, I would look at it and be like, yeah, no, PlayStation, like, like I remember the fucking little jewel cases for it, save for the, you know, one off of, like, two getting released on the N64, but...
0: Which is an interesting yeah. uh, story unto itself as well. Uh, Angel Studios uh, developed that one. Mm-hmm. Angel Studios would later get bought out by Rockstar and was renamed Rockstar San Diego. Oh, Look at that. And they would go on to do uh, be the primary studio, I think, behind Red Dead Redemption. Something like that? Hmm. I forget. I could be complaining. But I thought it was cool. They only had a yeah. million bucks to port that shit to the N64, and they didn't think it could be done because um, Nintendo 64 wasn't quite friendly when it came to storage space on its little cartridges, right? Mm-hmm. In fact, that was the reason that Nintendo, even before the N64 came out, said, we're going to have a CD peripheral called the 64DD. I remember that, yeah. And they eventually released the 64DD only in Japan. Mm-hmm sometime in like ninety eight or ninety nine, way after, and no video games came out for it. How are you gonna release this peripheral and not have a game? I that's think they were developing
1: like Ocarina of Time for it, but then they like scrapped it.
0: Yeah. 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 It's cause Nintendo famously is um uh, crybabies about piracy, mm-hmm. right? Uh <laughs> not to diminish their feelings. Of course, there might be some sort of Impact because of piracy. Not that anybody is yeah. able to give any sort of numbers or concrete evidence that mm-hmm. it does impact their businesses. You know, Nintendo, the, Ninten- the Nintendo that went out of business. Oh wait.
1: <laughs> yeah, I feel like it's an interesting thing that's been echoed throughout like the decades with them, and even like two a week ago with like Metroid Dread, where you know there was we stories. About that? I mean, we could talk about. This it is for the time sure. to about. Okay, fuck yeah. yeah, fuck yeah. Okay,
0: <laughs> I think that that's a. It's a little ridiculous, right? Mm. I think it's um. People are uh, what, hemming and hawing because the Kotaku article happened to point out that, hey, people are successfully emulating Metroid Dread like within its launch week, mm-hmm. and it looks great in 4K. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How Nintendo fans interpreted that message was, uh, people are stealing from Nintendo, and Nintendo may go bankrupt unless you cry on Twitter. <laughs>
1: yeah that's how a lot of people interpret it but also the author did kind of loosely say like pirate this game did they yeah so there was kind Directly? of like yeah
0: there. go ahead and pirate this game I, th- I think they actually said it's wonderful that there's means to play older catalogs and be yeah. able to emulate stuff they but didn't say pirate nintendo they <laughs> were advocate
1: hold on <laughs> i'm gonna look this up real quick because there that was the point of contention where like yeah. The article itself, like, kind of conflated the idea of, yeah, go ahead and pirate Nintendo games, which is a completely different argument to be made ver- like, of, like, okay, pirate this thing versus emulate it, because they're two different concepts. I,
0: I mean, I read this article a yeah. week ago. I don't. I remember there being a line about, like, hey, it's, it's cool that things like this exist and not so much, like, it's really cool that people are fucking pirating this. And in fact, the people that are emulating it, well, you have to have a copy to get the emulation to begin yep, with. Exactly. <clears throat>
1: Okay, so they had to edit it. It says, Editor's note, per request by Nintendo, we have updated the article to generally reassert that Kotaku does not promote or encourage piracy. (laughs) Kotaku declined to enact changes that blurred the line between suggestions and aggressive line edits to preserve editorial independence. (laughs) Uh, That was... I don't know what the date that was for, but then update on 10.10. Uh, an earlier version of the story was misunderstood by many readers to a direct suggestion to illegally download this just-released game. We regret this interpretation and apologize, as the original article did not meet our editorial standards. Sure. So it was inferred by the writer that like they were suggesting, yeah, pirate this fucking game.
0: Pirate the fucking game <laughs> yeah. itself? Yeah. I didn't get that from the article that I yeah. read. I'm, I'm going to admit that right now, because they did not say, go ahead and just pirate Metroid Dread. But everyone took it that way, right? And even if they did say that, do you really think <laughs> that <laughs> millions of people are going to be like, oh, well, I've become activated by a Kotaku article, mm. and I'm going to go pirate Nintendo games now that I know it's possible? No. It's mm-hmm. really hard to do that shit. Yeah. And you need to have a rig that's capable of fucking emulating Switch games. I'm sorry, but the average consumer doesn't have that. Yeah. It, they, they
1: don't. they requires very, like advanced pc optics and like software
0: you know what uh, gabe newell famously said he said mm. that uh, piracy isn't a consumer issue it is a service issue and what you have to do is provide a service that's better than emulating something or better mm. than downloading roms i mean uh, I think also Jeff Grubb said something really like salient too, which is the people that go out of their way to pirate games typically have more time than they do money, mm-hmm. and so you're talking about like a lot of kids that like you know get into the nitty gritty of how to do this and how like yeah. make this work, right? And then you get your. Your hobbyists that are like, hey, I would love to fuck around with Nintendo games, add some mods, accessibility mods, mm-hmm. or even see it in 4K. Yeah. Which it's is... a service problem. Which is very lacking with this
1: title, you know? The Correct. accessibility options, you know, and the people who did get to play it on the OLED, you know, are saying it looks <laughs> great. But I think as a whole, like, you know, these people running it on emulators wanted it to perform mm-hmm. and look the best it, it can because it does chug and suffer in some regards in terms of gameplay, frame rate, and everything It's else. playing an old
0: hardware. Yeah,
1: exactly. So, you know, you know I... I don't blame there being a circle of people to want to emulate it and, you know, want it to perform the best that it can because they obviously, like, love the game. I don't think there's, like, any crime in, in uh, you know, emulation. Um, and, I you know, to even suggest, like, hey, emulate this game, I think even still, like, there's a suggestive, suggestivity to tell people, like, yeah, go out and buy it still. Like, you yeah. know, go out and play it. You know, support Nintendo, right? Like, I, I don't think there was any kind of, like, thought against that but i don't know there, there's it's such a weird thing to promote in an article where it's like yeah we're advocating for piracy in a regards while also kind of blurring the lines between the two ideas
0: we hear this across all media yeah. though hollywood is fucking cried to high heaven about piracy and yet yeah. hollywood's still here <laughs> movies are still made
1: yeah i don't know that piracy has hurt the gaming industry in quite the same way that it no. has hurt like you know the music industry right right and i think it's just because Across the board, it's harder to pirate, you know, fucking 100-gigabyte Call of Duties right. versus, like, you know, a fucking 450-megabyte you know, album. So, and,
0: and I think, like, the story that publishers want you to chew down on are that people are – there's vile people out there that refuse to spend money that uh, developers make mm. on – or or refuse to spend money on these titles that developers have spent years working on and have just released and put in the stores versus actually telling the story of – Publishers like Nintendo... Uh, gatekeep their entire fucking catalogs right mm-hmm. and then the ways that they decide to give it to you in a service or you know payable form is always like lacking or shitty or oh now i gotta spend fifty dollars a year to get access to not even like a fucking fraction of the n64 catalog yeah, yeah that's a great option whereas an emulation is like hey there's preservation occurring here for mm-hmm. this entire fucking sphere of titles that won't see the light of day on the switch because nintendo goes i either don't give a fuck about it or i'm just never going to give this you.
1: <laughs> yeah it's interesting we i think we've seen some of the most interesting cases of preservation with fans like yeah. emulating games and i don't know we've seen some really cool mods and stuff um but i've also seen it run two ways where like the two ideas run kind of in tandem where people will pirate an entire library of games and then run it through certain emulators <laughs> so it yeah and I, I could see how it's all getting conflated as like the same thing but yeah. you know they're not <laughs>
0: There's degrees, yeah. you know. There's degrees to it, but yeah, I, I think it's just a funny thing. This is also the the best selling Metroid,
1: <laughs> like yeah. in years. Uh, yeah, Metroid it's... is a very soft selling franchise, right? So you know, I and I think the the Switch is going to help any game sell, right? So yeah. to suggest that some one person, you know, emulating it is going to fucking entirely crater their sales year, it's just. I, it's not going to happen.
0: I, I get yeah. I, I, I We're reacting to nothing. I want to know the actual data. What is the direct impact to their business because mm-hmm. of piracy? If you told me that they're, like, down 30% in sales because they figured out that, like, hey, we we're looking at these torrent sites and seeing our shit here or seeing the amount of downloads, cool, you did the science. But until mm-hmm. then, it's like, well, you're just kind of screaming at the uh, idea of it
2: yeah. and
0: getting your audience to also, like, draw lines. and I bet they love that. I bet they love the audience going, like, we need to defend this company, this billion-dollar corporation – this defenseless little baby corporation
1: (laughs) yeah why are you jumping so hard to defend nintendo somebody's who been (laughs) bullish about their ip and made you rebuy fucking super mario brothers like 80 times (laughs) you you
0: don't need to scream in social media just keep on buying their games if you like them so fucking yeah and that's the thing so
1: like i don't think any amount of piracy is gonna impact their fucking bottom dollar anyway because nintendo fans at the end of the day are still gonna buy and support nintendo yeah it just is what it is right
0: (sighs) i get it you know there's a lot of love it runs deep, you know? Mm-hmm. Nintendo is part of people's childhoods, right? So you, you kind of conflate, like you you think you're protecting something that's almost a part of your identity. Yeah, exactly. At a certain point. I, I get I get that. I see it. But also recognize it for that. You know? Don't what, you're making villains in your head about people emulating when really like hearing that there's a 4K edition out yeah, there is pretty figured out I awesome. do. That's fucking great. And I think it's great for katakas to point out and be like, look, yeah. look at this. They're actually doing a thing. I don't think there's an ethical boundary that they're crossing here and the whole like well you know they're advocating for like piracy and stuff okay cool nintendo doesn't own them they don't work for them Mm -hmm. they're they're a fucking gaming blog dog they Mm -hmm. can talk about things that happen in gaming what the fuck they're not at the behest of the publisher yeah (laughs) we need to split that Fucking games media is not a marketing extension. They are not. Yeah, but companies treat them like exactly, that. Exactly, <laughs> and that's a problem that you need to unwind. The fact that Nintendo came in and said, rewrite your fucking article? Yeah. I think that's terrible. What if Ubisoft came in and said, hey, we don't like the fact that you're uh, talking about allegations of sexual harassment. Mm-hmm. Re- undo your article. Is that okay?
1: <laughs> I No, I think it crosses the boundary of uh, journalistic integrity. Oh, but
0: we're talking about something different, right? It's like, come on. No, dude, it crosses boundaries either way, in my opinion. But Kevin, come yeah. on. You wouldn't download a Metroid. <laughs> no, I wouldn't. wouldn't. Come on. <laughs> and from your reactions to Metroid Dread, maybe I shouldn't. <laughs> yeah, we're going to get into that on the, on the back
1: half of the episode where we talk about what we've been playing, where I'm a little soft on Metroid. But um, we had fresher opinions on this like two weeks ago when that yeah. article first broke, and it's it's been quite some time Still since mad. We've, we've dipped into <laughs> the news. I, I'm just like, it's always the comment section that makes me mad, yeah. right? Like people jumping so hard to like, You know defend nintendo and bash kotaku and i will agree some of their authors are playing fast and loose with like some of their editorial and you know op-eds these days but like at the end of the day it's like whatever
0: (laughs) they shouldn't have changed that one op-ed where they said that um what was it was it like a it was a spin-off the command and conquer uh spin-off looked like shit (laughs) yeah they should have kept that
1: (laughs) i haven't read that one or heard about that what is that
0: Oh, literally, the, head, that. the headline was this new spin-off, this mobile spinoff of the series looks like shit. And people were just like, where's the professionalism? And I'm just like, uh, wait a second, <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> no, this is an agenda that you all have against, like, Kotaku and Polygon, right? Hmm. Just because you don't like the fact that they have a critical lens on the gaming industry instead of just being, like, pure enthusiast media. Which is, go to YouTube if you want your enthusiasts. Fucking let people write the way they want to write. <laughs> Unless they're harming somebody or bringing harm to somebody through their editorializing. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's any problem for the, you outright say, this game looks like shit. That is okay. You're using mm. the, the fucking English language in the way that you see privy. <laughs> right? God damn it. Again, that's another thing, an aspect where I'm just like, you're treating... This echelon of games media is some sort of marketing extension. You want them to act like the PR companies that have conditioned you mm-hmm. over the years of how to talk about games? No. Push the fuck back. Mm-hmm. This looks like shit. Piracy's not that goddamn bad because it's a nuanced conversation. Uh-oh. Yeah. <laughs>
2: like, yeah. come on.
1: That unto itself, too, like, like we've been saying, like, to own a copy of a thing and emulate it is not illegal i say
0: emulation's not that bad I, I misspoke not piracy piracy is literally stealing
1: yeah yeah but and then <laughs> piracy God. on the other end it, yeah. like you, you know to illegally download it and then share it that that's illegal in yeah. the eyes of like copyright law sure. so like you know that's <laughs> but also but
0: saying command and conquer looks like shit whatever whatever but also <laughs> remember our our system of legality is based off of a capitalist society Anything yeah. that damages the flow of capitalism is considered illegal and ethically bad. Mm. And we're letting it inform our moral compass, which is also bad unto itself. Sure. So, <laughs> come on. Like, really, again, a nuanced conversation, right? Mm. But I just want motherfucking enthusiasts and fans to stop acting like you are a PR extension. Mm. You're not. <laughs> Don't talk like that. And it's
1: it's tough, too, like when... Fans, I use that term very loosely with air quotes, interpret games media as being married to these companies and being paid off when they write their reviews. And it's like, well, they're given like, you know, copies of things, but like, I don't think they're bought off in ways. And especially in these cases, like you could see how people are speaking very freely to say like, yeah, obviously if you love this franchise, go support it. But my opinion is I've played this, it plays bad or it looks like shit. And I don't think there's any harm in saying that, you know?
0: And then because it's also up to the reader or audience to decide whether or not that language or opinion aligns to what they want to see out of coverage. If you don't, then there's plenty of junkets out there that don't outright call something that reasonably does look like shit Mm -hmm. in my opinion. Shit. Yeah.
1: That's why kind of like less like, you know, journalistic, uh, Outlets and more like games media YouTubers where like they they'll get obviously like kind of review copies of games but they're allowed to speak more freely about it it seems mm. where like I always think of like kind of funny content where they're like not afraid to say like we played this game we got it for free and it sucked you know yeah whereas like you might think that like some publications might march in step a little bit more to not like sacrifice like that kind of relationship with a certain like publisher or company mm-hmm. um, but.
0: I don't know. Sure, <laughs> it's it's whole thing. you know. Yeah, exactly. And that I think that's a, like a a less clean relationship yeah. versus like uh, a press junket, you mm-hmm. know, or, or publication, I should say, right? Where it's like, oh, you're being sponsored. Like if you break into an ad about a game that you're like apparently having a critical lens on, mm-hmm. I'm gonna be like, eh, I don't feel good about this, or eh, maybe I shouldn't take this opinion like as as heavy. That that's my right too, right? Mm-hmm. But like, it's also the right of Kotaku to say like, "This looks like shit," and, yeah. and then back up that claim as to why. It's called reading the article. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if it was just a headline and nothing else, I'd be like, "Well, this is weird. This is just a tweet as a as as media," but it wasn't. Yeah, for sure. I'm mad already. We're, we're playing <laughs> anyway. hardball in save room today. Well,
1: we got to get into it because like, we got a little bit of news up front, <laughs> which is a lot of bit of news, and then we got a lot of games we're talking about. But let's let's fucking you know put it down right here if you guys don't know we are the save room you can find us over at soundcloud.com slash the save room show spotify itunes stitcher pirate us i was gonna say emulate us pirate us do it actually don't emulate us
0: sometimes we act a little weird emulate oh wow, well, I'm, <laughs> I'm filled with this the second coffee that was like seemed like a good idea before mm. the podcast. it's a bad idea
1: that's why i had half a cup
0: yeah that was yeah. A good that was a good call yeah. i shouldn't finish that huh but i'm
1: gonna <laughs> <laughs> what you're also gonna finish over at twitch.tv slash the red herb is House of Ashes tonight. Uh, that's where you can find Kevin streaming.
0: <laughs> or in OnlyFans I could if you watch me finish myself. Oh, sorry about that. Oh my god. No, you did what you
1: did and we're gonna let, let it lie. Um and you can find me over at twitch.tv dot slash Dungeons and hosting him finishing himself off.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And where can they see the dungeon play though the dungeon play oh we should call your stream the Vods that like mm. oh here's dungeon. here's the plays. dungeon play <laughs> yeah, check out the dungeon cam <laughs> yeah, if you really lean into the bdsm with the dungeon in your name yeah you should have little emotes of like um like uh dripping wax candles mm-hmm. and like whips and stuff
2: yeah
0: <laughs> you ever done the the wax stuff though you ever like drip some wax? Hot wax oh on. yeah yeah it's oh, sexy how do you not like how do you avoid the burnt like what how do you get it to the right temperature how do you do this? I mean, <laughs>
1: the, like you get it to the the melting point of wax, obviously, and you <laughs> test it on yourself first. Like, yeah, that's always my rule. Like, do, like oh you would never mind. do something on a partner that you couldn't do to yourself, right? Like, so I you can't know, eat my pussy. <laughs> you could try. I don't think you're you're that <laughs> just can't motivated, reach. You know, <laughs> I'm not motivated. Yeah, that's you, what it is. Yeah. huh Gotcha.
0: You're probably right about that.
1: But, like, you know, you test it on, like, your rich. You're like, oh, is this too hot? Okay, cool. Boom.
0: You wouldn't download a pussy.
1: (laughs) God damn it. Anyway, little promotional shout out so we can get away from this weirdness that we're fucking feeling on this fucking podcast here. Um...
0: Bring it on. Hold on a second.
1: (laughs) Oh, my God. All right, so step away from all that fucking weirdness there. Um, I want to do a kind of side promotion here. Um, we did a podcast the other day. It was our second podcast for Halloween Kills. Go so check that out.
0: <laughs> <laughs> a horror movie
1: so nice we recorded a podcast twice. We just had to because I had some technical difficulties with my mic. Uh, my Yeti was not being registered at the time, and it was being recorded through my macbook mic and it sounded like garbage we
0: just did it again
1: but it's unfortunate because the content was so good i bet but i think it's still a good episode you should go check it out um give us a spooky plays. You know.
0: <laughs> give us a spooky <laughs> give plays, us spooky guys. plays. yeah we got to do like a spooky movie roundup or something yeah i was also thinking like i've been streaming like a bunch of horror games of like across like the last three generations of like consoles and stuff i'm like damn we gotta figure out a way to talk about that in some distilled way you haven't been playing as many horror games though
1: not really. Not I mean, really. I did start playing Prey the other night, oh, uh, yeah. just to kind of get into that feel. And I do kind of want to play How- House of Ashes as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, no, I haven't really been playing anything spooky. Oh, man, what's My- going on? I-, I was grinding pretty hard on um, Hades, which I finally got that platinum. Hell yeah. Um, and I was just busy with other stuff, and I I don't know, like, I haven't been in the mood to, like, replay a lot of the horror games that I have. And I'm not, like, I you know, I don't have access to a Steam library like you do, and yeah, that's just kind of it.
0: I just... You haven't given up on a social life outside of your job like I have. Yeah, yeah I think, sure. like,
1: I, I'm trying to strike a good balance of, like, watching stuff and playing stuff, and, like, I just haven't been in the mood to play, like, a spooky game for right whatever on. reason. That's so, fair. You know,
0: hey, no one's going to push you to the game one way or another. Mm-hmm. you got to follow your heart when it comes to games. It's true. That's what I always say. That's what the Save Room Plays is about. Follow your heart. I don't know what this podcast is about anymore. What are you talking about? <laughs> it's pretty simple. We yeah. talk about the games that we're touching and the games that touch us. It's right there in the name. Save and play. It's <laughs> yeah. talk about the games that were touching the game to touch us.
1: <laughs> this episode has touched me already. Well, let's get into some news that has touched us. Uh, it's are quick news bylines, hopefully. Is wax ever too hot? Yeah,
0: well, yeah, you're right. News. Let's yeah, get into the th- wax can get a little too hot. <laughs> so there's a little bit of news, my friends. I only wrote out two of these things because they needed more care. And then the rest is fly-by-bullshit. Anyway, let's start with number one. McCree has been renamed. Blizzard has officially announced Overwatch's cute and curt cowboy, I wanted an alliteration there, will now be called Cole Cassidy. Hmm. Formerly known as Jesse McCree, the character was redubbed because he shared a namesake with a Blizzard dev that was let go from the company. The real Jesse McCree was one of the employees seen in the Cosby suite picture, becoming a poster boy for the sexual harassment and discrimination claims leveled at the company. McCree no longer works for Blizzard, but the company is still embroiled in a lawsuit from the state of California, which it has recently asked to pause, citing ethics violations. Yeah, right, that's why you want to pause that. (laughs) Meanwhile, Blizzard has promised it will stop naming Overwatch characters after real people. Uh... Yeah, probably a good practice, huh? Oh wow! I honestly
1: didn't even know that McCree was named after like an employee until like all the stuff started. Be honest, I didn't. I didn't know either.
0: Yeah, and there's also World of Warcraft also had like items and NPCs named after uh, devs as well.
1: Yeah, I think there was a a lead gaffer called Johnny Orc that you know they had to scrub that name too.
0: (laughs) What? I (laughs) thought that that got me. I was like, wait, what? I
1: don't know any World of Warcraft character names. Fuck.
2: Oh anyway, nice shit.
0: <laughs> I know. But uh yeah, I mean, good. Mm. I think um as expected, uh <laughs> looking at social media today, uh the gamers are having a real one uh mm-hmm. because this news one person apparently thinks that the name is, is transgender.
1: Yeah, I saw that. Like they're like, "Oh, so he's transgender now? Okay."
0: All right, uh, that's not my takeaway from a name. Yeah,
1: Cole's also a male name. Maybe oh. they were just kind of trying to compare it to, like, name changes and transitions, but it's like...
0: Sure. Uh, also, you know, it's rooted in, like, you know, Wild West stuff, like Butch mm-hmm. Cassidy and the Sundance kids. Now we got Cassidy as the yeah. last name. Apropos, I think it's good that they changed mm-hmm. name. Probably don't need the reminder of, uh, well, one of those dudes from the... You remember the Cosby's? We talked about it a mm-hmm. couple episodes back. Yeah, um, yeah, weird, weird stuff. That was like their like what E three hotel room, and they actually had a portrait of Bill Cosby. Mm-hmm. Uh, just gross shit all around. And then Activision, it's 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 almost hard to keep up with the amount of like bullshit that they're doing now. Mm-hmm. It's like on the one hand you have Bobby Kotek, you know. Uh, open up his, his heart about how they're going to have listening sessions and they're going to change this company and da, 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 da. and in the back end they're like trying to stop the lawsuit altogether yep. and uh, i remember the big thing was uh, burning evidence mm-hmm. well destroying evidence yeah, i don't think they physically burned anything that's not like you smell smoke at the blizzard campus or something. <laughs> but yeah it's just it's just fucked up all around but of course they're going to go down kicking and screaming mm-hmm. right they're not going to be like oh yeah you're right <laughs> we've seen our ways Well, there's been some good
1: criticism lobbied their way for, you know, this, uh, as well as some of the other stuff where it's like, oh, we're, you know, pushing and promoting Overwatch 2 to kind of get, like, good fan faith in or, like, promoting these events and stuff. And I, like cool you changed the character's name please don't use that as a diversion tactic to kind of pull away from the main story and the main things that are happening because i th- still think that's you know most important at the core of it right uh, i respect the decision to totally you know distance and divorce the you know mccree from that that employee because you know they did some pretty heinous shit mm-hmm. um but again it, it's a little step and it shouldn't be seen as a cover-up to like you know what is an ongoing investigation, you mm-hmm. know, so.
0: Yeah, I think that's the other thing too, because like, there's a lot of different people in Blizzard and you have to imagine that there's well-meaning people mm-hmm. that are just caught in this bullshit and are trying to make things right. Yeah. And then like, people are coming at him going like, ah, this is another diversion tactic, isn't it? And I'm just like, yeah. I mean, the Blizzard, or sorry, the Overwatch team isn't like, Activision Blizzard executives, right? Mm-hmm. They're the people that you need to level, like, all of your problems at and the harassers that have been getting kicked out. I heard, what, like, they're, they're almost up to, like, 20 people mm-hmm. that have gotten uh, gotten fired from the company. So, Cleaning House changes, yeah, but it's still going to take a long time. Very it, long time. It is,
2: it is
1: definitely, like, a minimal make good, but there's so much other more important shit that needs to happen outside of changing a character's name. Yep. Um, sure. And, you know, again, it was necessary... I like that they wrote a little backstory for it as well. of Like, you know, you know, McCree having like lost his name and having to kind of like, you know, become reborn as Cole Cassidy. And it's like an interesting kind of concept, you know, for a character who is a cowboy. So uh, I like all that. I didn't um, see that.
0: What was it? There's a lore justification for his name change.
1: Uh, Yeah, there was a they did a whole write up for it. Um, Give me a second here. So this is from Play Overwatch uh this is actually from their instagram here the first thing a renegade loses is their name and this one gave up his a long time ago running from his past meant running from himself and each passing year only widened the divide between who he had been and what he had become but in every cowboy's life there comes a time when he has to stop and make a stand to make this new overwatch better to make things right we had to be honest with the team and himself the cowboy he was rode into the sunset and cole cassidy faced the world at dawn so it's like a little raid update oh, okay for. yeah Uh, he's riding in an Overwatch, October 26th. (laughs) Gotcha.
0: All right. Well, I'm still not playing Overwatch.
1: Yeah, that's kind of a thing. I had a friend uh, (laughs) text me the other day and, um, she was like, oh, I haven't seen, you know, you, Kevin, and, and the crew, like, on Overwatch lately. Like, what's, what's been going on? Have you guys just been playing something else? And I was like, well, we haven't been playing it. I don't know if you've, like, looked it up or heard about it, but there's this whole, like, allegations going on you know where the state of california <laughs> sued activision blizzard and you know i was explaining some of like the harassment and abuse and allegations and everything she's like i had no idea and i was like yeah so that's kind of like why we haven't been playing it. it's like it feels weird i'm sure eventually you know i will inevitably play another you know blizzard or activision game but like right now it just feels kind of in in poor taste you know yeah. um yeah. and it, you know there's the halloween events going on right now and there's some pretty sick skins and i'm just like I just haven't wanted to. Yeah. You know?
0: I'm in the same boat. And I also didn't want to pick up Diablo 2 right now.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, I do want to get that eventually. And, you know, there's other Activision games that are down the pipeline, like, you know, Call of Duty, where I'm like, oh would be pretty cool to get this Mm -hmm. Um, because like you said, yeah, there is that team of devs and, you know, and contributors who worked on these titles that aren't the ones that, you know, poison the well and and made all this stuff happen. They're honest, hardworking people and they just want to get their product out there. So, you know, I don't think there's anything wrong in supporting it, but like kind of right now, it's just like until management and the people in power get their shit together. Maybe not yet. You know, I feel that. So I do feel that, but yeah, Cole Cassidy, happy to see you but abuse is still happening you guys fucking stay researched stay red on that and uh, you know don't let up until real change happens stay red
0: so there we go got number two on here for you the ps2 trilogy of grand theft autos are coming to modern consoles oh. like the one behind me there's a ps5 behind me look at it. where oh, did it go god damn it oh no oh shit it's got a gun <laughs> we're gonna do a story it's gonna be an unfolding story of the ps5 holding us hostage <laughs>
1: Actually, the PS5 was responsible for the power outage earlier. Yeah, I wanted to fucking trap us in here.
0: Ah, oh, shit. That, I'm going to have to, like, reformat that or whatever. Or whatever. Mm. It is rebuild the database because it got... I was playing Far Cry 6 in midway. It just fucking shut off. God damn it, West mm. Seattle. Stupid tree. God. God damn it. Well, Rockstar has announced Grand Theft Auto... The Trilogy a Definitive Edition, mm. because they've done this before, <laughs> uh, is releasing digitally on November 11th with a $59.99 physical release running over pedestrians on December 7th. <laughs> if you're confused why it's called The Trilogy and not just Trilogy, that's because the collection features the three old games people actually care about, mm. which includes Grand Theft Auto 3, Grand Theft Auto Vice City, and Grand Theft Auto San Andreas. Now, I would fucking kill to have Grand Theft Auto 1, and Grand Theft Auto 2, and Grand Theft Auto London Mm -hmm. in a part of the little collection but literally nobody wants to play isometric games like that apparently yeah I, I want it I want it I was playing GTA 2 before they went to fucking 3D okay I'm the hipster of GTA now each title has been remastered in an unreal engine by a studio called grove street games which is a cheeky nod to san andreas's in-game gang i thought that was cute but the games still retain their kind of ps2-y vibes uh the art style is interesting because it does look like ps2 games but just like not um uh terrible Mm. (laughs) terrible is the word i was gonna say thankfully the trilogy isn't just a simple repolish Grove Street has gone the extra mile and added quality of life features like gunplay based on GTA 5's controls, weapon wheels, enhanced navigation enabling players to easily set waypoints, and you can immediately restart failed missions instead of sitting through cutscene after cutscene. Xbox fans will be privy to San Andreas Remastered on Game Pass in November. And PlayStation Now subscribers will get the whole set in December. Oh, cool. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. You didn't want to pay for parts of it or whatever. Bringing
1: <laughs> more value to Game Pass and PlayStation Now. Right on, right on. So you're going to have to talk to me about this because like I... You're had, not
0: a GTA guy, yeah. No,
1: not at all. Like, I had oh, a lot man. of friends in, in high school and otherwise who were really into like... Vice City and San Andreas, and I was like, yeah, cool. Like, I would watch them play, and I'd kind of get bored watching, because I just... The concept just was never for me, and um, you know, I thought maybe in the, the, the swell hype that is Grand Theft Auto 5 forever is what I'm going to start calling it. Mm. Uh, I was like, oh, maybe I can get into that. It seems like there's a fun, like, you know, online ecosystem, and it just seems chaotic, and, you know, maybe the story's cool. I don't know. But I just, for some reason, that type of game never really called to me, so.
0: Oh, that's fair. Um, I, yeah. think, I think there's... um. Actually, it's not fair to say a lot of people, huh? Because the game has sold, like, fucking 200 million goddamn copies. Mm -hmm. Seems like people that don't like GTA are in the minority. (laughs) I
1: am in the minority for this one, for sure. But, you know, I like Red Dead. Dude,
0: I've known people that, like, have a system and they only have GTA. I know. (laughs) It's fucking crazy, right? This is the series that's just, like, like, across the world, universally, people love the idea of stealing cars and running over hookers. And that is, like, a (laughs) universal language. For people i don't understand it
1: it's funny because like i know people who aren't like kind of the quote like hardcore gamers they might play like their animal crossing and mario karts but like the other games they have are grand theft auto games and i'm like what a, what a parallel <laughs>
0: yeah it's really strange. so uh gta what um does huh? what does it mean to you GTA, what it means to me. Well, Part 2 was the first one that I played, and I really enjoyed that. I thought it was really unique and interesting. And Mm -hmm. then 3 was like, well, we're in the third dimension. I was like, holy shit, this looks amazing. (laughs) And I played it, what, like, I think I played it a year after it came out, so I had to have been 12. Yes, about 12. And it was like one of the first times that I was in a truly, like, big open world, right? Mm -hmm. You know, up until then, I think... uh, your MMO fans are out there understood like how big a world could get, but mm-hmm. like, you know, console people were like, I got Mario and he you know, he's got his Goomba problems, but he doesn't have like Hey man. Mafia Goomba problems. The first
1: time I played Super <laughs> Mario World I was like, This is a world of Goomba problems, okay? You know, it's fucking crazy out here for a plumber.
0: So <laughs> <laughs> So uh It just, it had a um, satiric bite. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was inspired, obviously, by, like, you know, media, like, Goodfellas and Casino mm. and Godfather and you know it would play up that stuff. But, it was the uh, first game to
1: ever have satire.
0: It's true. It's yeah. the first. Well, Leisure Leisure Shoot Larry uh, came in there pretty hard mm. with that satire, but uh, yeah, it was it was just fun and it just took off with people because it was like oh shit, I can do things like steal cars and yeah. open world missions and shit, and it was fun races and whatnot. Vice City came and was like we're going to send up like the 80s and cocaine and star scarface and shit and it was just like it was way better what was which was the one was it
1: uh San Andreas or Vice City that had kind of that uh cover character that looked like Lindsay Lohan
0: oh uh, that was part 5 was that part 5 yes wow
1: oh my god yeah okay never mind yeah, yeah no
0: it's okay but yeah i i enjoyed them for what they were i think um they're like for me, it's like South Park and Jackass. I just kind of grew out of it. Yeah. Like after uh, high school, basically, where mm-hmm. I was just like, okay, I kind of like open world games that do different stuff or, you know, don't, aren't just about running over people to see uh, your stars on the top of the screen, you mm-hmm. know, go up or using cheats to get helicopters and rockets and shit. <laughs> but now like Grand Theft
1: Auto has become this interesting thing in like the content creation space where like, you know, Funhouse would play it and it was just like, they would just do crazy chaotic things mm-hmm. or like now there's it's like the thinking man's game where like people are doing role play in in gta you know creating
0: game is a tough thing to say about GTA, (laughs) but yeah i get you they do like there's creating like like, scripts and narratives for like fucking characters right there's a super hardcore role-playing scene for for gta 5 and also red dead redemption has a a pretty lively scene for role-playing too and people are really into that stuff
1: but I'll, i'll give um grove street games here like a credit like because like going above and beyond just a simple remaster is like A really good achievement especially for this like these games that people really love like doing mechanical overhauls and like you know making waypoint setting easier i think that just makes it more accessible and you know modern
0: it's super the right way to go about it like um for instance diablo 2 is getting knocked around because people were playing it and going like oh This is the game I remember, but unfortunately it's exactly the game that came out like 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. When you do things, even with remasters nowadays, dude, there's so much stuff in between that, especially in the same genre that people have played and enjoyed and come to expect, if you just gave me GTA 3 as it was with a makeover, Mm -hmm. like people would get frustrated by the stupid shit that sucked in the PS2 era, right? you you got to do that quality of life, and I enjoy Mm -hmm. the fuck that they are. I'm just like, wow, you actually added the gunplay? From uh, those games, because the gunplay was shitty as fuck in the, in the GTAs on PS2. It was not good. It was not fun, dude. Like, the way that you think a third-person shooter should work,
1: yeah. those games are not that. For some reason, I'm <laughs> imagining it like uh, N64, Shadow of the Empire. Where, where it's like a very... like Or like GoldenEye, where it's like very free-floating, like third-person shooting mechanics.
0: It had like a weird lock-on thing yeah. that... Yeah, it, it's... You're on the right path, but <laughs> it was even goofier and just, like, uh, afterthoughty about mm. it. Yeah, it, it wasn't easy to do. Like, they steadily improved, but it's still pretty bad by the time you get to San Andreas. So I'm glad that they're doing something with that. But, yeah, because then you look at a yeah. game like Red Dead
1: Redemption 2, and, like, the shooting in it, like, I thought was pretty solid. I think it's great. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I didn't think the cover stuff was very good, though. Mm. The cover stuff felt, like, really clunky clunky to yeah. Me. yeah i wanted to be fast you know, that's, that
1: that's a fair critique you know especially like coming off the heels of like <laughs> division one where like that cover system was like yeah buttery
0: perfect well rockstar dared to ask what if cowboys were slow yeah because yeah they were you're right a lot of them were human slow yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it wasn't that fun but yeah we'll see uh i, I, I don't know if i'll spring for this okay that to was be gonna honest. be honest yeah my i, I it think up? it's really cool <laughs> But, like, I just don't see myself jumping back into, like, fucking Vice City. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And then, like, God forbid, trying to stream that shit with, like, the soundtracks. Ugh. Oh, yeah. All that licensed music. Oh, my God. Yeah, dude. Copyright strike City right there. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. No, 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 no. So probably not. Okay. But it's cool that it exists.
2: Interesting. Interesting.
0: I need you to talk to me about this next thing on here because... We're not going to go too hard into this. I don't feel anything. I might be my own nobody. Oh, no. Okay, so the
1: quick <laughs> bit here on uh, number three, since we didn't talk about this, is Sora from the franchise, Kingdom Hearts, is the final character- Sora Hearts. <laughs> getting added to Super Smash Brothers Ultimate, which I think is just perfect. I think that is just poetic justice for what is Super Smash Brothers, right? Where it's like, it's this game- <laughs> Yeah, I said poetic justice. <laughs> it's this game about franchises- coming together in this big old franchise fuck you know you have like capcom characters <laughs> with you know fucking super
0: franchise fuck you got
1: Tekken characters you got fucking <laughs> sonic you got pac-man you got fucking everybody coming together you got solid snake yeah you got fucking cloud and this hair it's so it's like this celebration <laughs> you know, in cloud marriage his hair, <laughs> <It's> <laughs> Sword. hair. Sword for sure um, yeah, hey, okay so it's this big like celebration of of gaming and crossover events and you know, what is Sora, right, Alex? You know what is Sora? What is Sora for five hundred? <laughs> um you know, he comes from a franchise that celebrates crossover of Disney characters and anime and Final Fantasy. So it just feels like very fitting. Um and yeah, I agree. Yeah, I agree with that. I it think just, it's totally fitting. Yeah, and I just like the idea of like the reveal video for it, I thought was just it's gonna sound really dumb, but like beautiful in a word, where it's like Sora's like you know coming home, he's waking up, and like he's being greeted by Mario and all these other characters, and it was great. I don't know. um I like I know you want to laugh. I'll give you thirty seconds to laugh.
0: I think I fucking very mockingly started laughing the moment that he started flying <laughs> over these characters' heads, like Peter fucking Pan. I was like, no. <laughs> I know. I'm and I yeah. thought to myself, there's there's probably some like YouTube reactor that. Fucking cry during oh, that moment.
1: Literally, like fucking every cried? big Kingdom Hearts streamer, <laughs> like uh, Sarah Key is one of them, and like just bawling, you know. Yeah, and, I bet, I and it's one of these things where I think a lot of people have wanted it for a really long time. Where it's like, yeah, bring bring Sword of Smash. Um,
0: <laughs> I'm <Stacey> flying around. <laughs> <laughs> but so, funny,
2: so we're getting a
1: lot of like interesting things with it. Uh, Obviously, we're getting Kingdom Hearts music. We're getting um, stages, kind of um, one that looks like Final Destination, but it's like that that opening stage you play in kingdom hearts games where it's like kind of the flat level. And it's like the stained glass of like, you know, Sora oh, or characters. Could, that's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's a simple them. stage. And then they're bringing a few other things. So um, simple
0: and clean. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: He has a bunch of different skins. Um, and each skin is like based off of like the game. So he has a kingdom hearts, one skin, to the skin that he takes on when you enter like that Steamboat Willie segment of uh, Kingdom Hearts 2. Oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah I remember um that which is the only bit of Disney we've gotten from this crossover. The mouse is like, we can't give you Mickey Mouse, yeah. we can't give you Donald and Goofy, but we'll
0: give you Steamboat Sora. Yeah, getting too close to the sun. I yeah. bet you, what, his Keyblade doesn't have the Mickey uh, icon on it. I bet you a uh, thousand bucks. I'm not sure, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't yeah. have that icon there. Yeah, fuck that, no.
1: This must have been a hell of an acquisition. Like, fucking Sakurai must have, like, fucking paid up big to the mouse.
0: Oh, dude, I bet you Disney said no before a question was asked. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, fuck no. But. They're like, you, t- uh I don't even... I didn't even introduce myself. (laughs) Sakurai's like, what, are are you kidding? Yeah, fuck no. Fuck out of here.
1: (laughs) This is apparently, like, one of the most requested characters for, like, the longest time. Oh, I bet. They had done, like, a request poll like years ago like who do you want to see in smash and sora is like time after time the the one that people yeah want. despite my obvious cynicism
0: yeah. um i i think if you're going to choose like a a celebration of gaming mm. and have like representation from the biggest franchises in gaming mm-hmm. missing kingdom hearts is just like what's going on here
1: yeah it, it would have totally missed the mark and i understand there's a lot of like kind of rights issues with that as well but like i don't know sora himself if you took him like just as the character and didn't incorporate any of the <laughs> disney stuff i think it's fine you could you could totally be in that game and have his own identity so um i think it's pretty cool apparently like he's a pretty floaty character by a lot of people's recollections i remember
0: i saw he was flying
2: around
1: yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah no by a lot of people's accounts tim getty says like he's not as weighted as like he could be uh, for like a sword fighter Um yeah and that's another comment people had where it's like oh not another anime sword fighter right but it's like well it's sora so It's, it's Sora. yeah so like we can give a pass on it
0: you imagine um, if they ended in a fire emblem character so would riot. that's
1: my fucking thing where it's like i don't mind sword characters but i do mind an eighth fire emblem character <laughs> i just don't think we need any more of them um but this is super cool i don't think it's enough to like make me jump to get like the fighters pass but like you know if there's ever a sale on it i might you know be inclined to get it
0: yeah yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: um because it's awesome uh another thing kind of in addition to it is now 10 kingdom hearts games are coming to nintendo switch to kind of celebrate the occasion Jeez. which is pretty cool like um cards. the only thing is like they're coming as like standalone cloud releases so kind of how like resident evil came to uh the switch where mm-hmm. th- there's not a physical version it's just like through the cloud
0: Control's doing the same
1: yeah which i think is interesting uh, mm-hmm. but it also lets me know that well so i could see the console being able to support like uh kingdom hearts 1.5 and 2.5 which is the collection of like the first game, and then iterative titles after, and then the second game, and iterative titles after. Mm. Um, Birth by Sleep, Chain of Memories, mm, is it? Uh, 365 over 2. Mm. So like
0: Dream Drop Systems.
1: Those games. <laughs> but Kingdom Hearts 3 is the one where it's like, that probably can't run natively on, on the Switch. So that makes uh, sense. Yeah, probably not. So yeah, that's that's pretty cool. Uh, I'm not going to pick them up on the Switch. I already own all those games like 100 times over. Mm. So yeah, welcome to Smash, Sora. You, you're home. Can you talk to me about the name of this collection? So, in addition to getting them all piecemeal, you'll be able to purchase all games together in an all-in-one Cloud version collection, Kingdom Hearts Integrum (laughs) Integrum (laughs) Masterpiece for Cloud.
2: (laughs) Integrum Masterpiece? What the fucking... What?
0: I don't know. I do not know on that one. Fucking love it, dude. (laughs) Integrum. Fucking love it. Yeah. Is that... What?
1: It might have been a, an editorial error. Hold on a second.
0: Integrum?
1: Yeah, because I copied and pasted it. Integrum, right? Is that Mr. Jason? Integrum! Because
0: it's integral.
1: Oh. Integrum. Yeah, you know, that makes sense. <laughs> We're not going to call it Integrum. Integrum. Uh, so, yeah, that's that. Uh, number wow. four here, I'm going to say it and I'm going to have you speak to it. Okay. Just yesterday, yeah. Chris Redfield. Oh, I know. From Resident Evil 6. Just and six. Resident Evil 5, where he punches a bunch of bullshit. Yeah, that was another one he was in. And Jill,
0: yeah, what's she from?
1: Valentine from, She's from Valentine? Marvel vs. Capcom. Oh, and Resident Evil Three remake. Wow, are coming to the sensational game Fortnite.
0: Fortnite, yeah. Oh, dude, it's when it's I right. saw that reveal trailer, I cried. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, their designs you, look hot. I fun. was gonna say they look fantastic. Yeah, because like uh, <laughs> Jill looks like how she did in Resident Evil Three, which mm. is the. Um, let, let me let me take a second. Capcom went out of their way to make the most beautiful Jill ever. Yes. In three make. And we need to have her come back in whatever project. Mm-hmm. Anything. It could be fucking Resident Evil Dream Drop Distance for the 3Ds. <laughs> Alright, now you're
1: being condescending.
0: What do you mean? <laughs> I'm just being integral integrum. To the, Evil, uh, <laughs> integrum. <laughs> I'm being integral <laughs> to the essence of Resident Evil. What are you what are you talking about?
2: <laughs>
0: They're not gonna get me.
2: Okay
0: you are not gonna get me, even no. though Chris has his original Stars outfit and his Part Seven outfit, where he's sad and smoking cigarettes. And even though Jill has her classic and the uh, the remake one, don't they have Chris in his uh,
1: Village skin? Yeah, yeah. Did I say seven? Yeah,
0: <laughs> it's okay. Damn it.
1: Yeah, not a Chris.
0: Yeah, not a like Chris. I would have put not a Chris. In the no, movie. yeah, yeah, yeah. right, right, Part Eight, Part Eight, Part yeah. Eight. It's because they didn't call it Eight. It fucks up my mind. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> so it's Village outfit, right? Perfect. They even got a green, red, and a yellow herb up in that bitch. You're not going to get me to re-download Fortnite. (laughs) They tricked me when they came out with the Xenomorph and Ellen Ripley skin. Mm -hmm. And I was like, those designs are hot as fuck? Like, this company literally, like, they do the thing Funko does, but they don't give us bizarre, disgusting fucking designs like Mm. Funko does. They give us really cool, cartoony, like you know, reimaginings of these characters. And I'm like, fuck, yeah. I wish there was a game that collected cool IP that I actually wanted to play.
1: Because <laughs> they had done like Ryu and Chun-Li like a while back. Yeah, those, even those look great.
0: All those look great. Yeah. They do a great job. Their are good. great. Yeah, Cradles look fucking great. Dude, every time they do a character, it looks fucking great. <laughs> I know. And yet, I don't want to fucking build platforms and have fucking 12-year-olds snipe me from across the map. I need yeah. a different game for this.
1: <laughs> exactly. If it was any other game, any other mechanics, I would be totally in. Literally but anything. It is kind of embarrassing that Fortnite has a better MVC cast than Marvel vs. Capcom currently. That's so fucking Between sad. Between like fucking the Street Fighter characters, Jill and fucking Chris, and then Thanos even. I hate that. I know, it's nuts.
0: I hate that fact.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I hate that
0: fact so much. Actually, it would be cool if there was a fighting game that did something like that like this mm. i'm gonna spawn off real quick okay because there's not a lot to say about fortnite the designs look cool whatever sure uh there's rumors of wb trying to do their own smash brothers with warner brothers like characters okay think about their extended universe yeah of neo from the matrix and um uh, uh furiosa what is it called that nice christian couple from the conjuring <laughs> <laughs> What what are, the, what are their names? Fuck, uh, the Herschels. The, the Herschels. What are their names? Something's. It's like oh, Galinda and and no. Why Brent. would you Brent? <laughs> why would you get them? Hold on a
1: second. Hold on a second. <laughs> I want to look this up.
0: And maybe Mortal Kombat characters. Who knows. No, you would get the Warrens. The Warrens. Yeah, fucking oh, the Warrens. so been... off with Belinda and Brent.
1: Yeah, and then fucking <laughs> Elizabeth Warren gets fucking like possessed by the devil and it's right. a power it's move. It's a good attack. Also, I'm kind of upset that you left out the key player in what will be what? Super Warner Brothers Smash.
0: Oh, Autrinsic Shaggy. Yes! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah. you fucking pulled it right the from my The rumor brain. has it jokes <laughs> about that character coming to Mortal Kombat is the reason that WB wants to do this game. Oh my but God. But <laughs> Netherrealm, according to Jeff Grubb, is not involved in this project. A lot of people are saying oh it might be them doing it no mm. no they're they're busy making either injustice 3 or mortal Kombat 12 bitch mm. bet you're bottom i down. don't
1: want either of those sadly i know like we need a mm. current gen mortal Kombat, but like mortal Kombat 11 came out in what like 2018 they did a great job
0: yeah. of uh oh dude i think it was like 2019 wasn't it was it okay yeah yeah, been. Yeah, yeah but uh, yeah they, they did a great job uh uh up-resing it for ps5, PS5 and, yeah so yeah, yeah, it looks that's great. recent
1: and, and fucking Mortal Kombat 10, uh, wasn't that part of the PlayStation collection? Yeah. So, like, we have those games. And sure. Justice, like, great franchise. But I want to see them work on, like, new IP altogether. Like, a, a different fighting platform game. So. I
0: don't see them doing
1: that. Yeah, I know. They're, they're going to keep milking it the way they do. Mm-hmm. You know, much like... Well, I don't even know. Like looking, so I'm gonna use Insomniac as kind of a an example here, where it's like, oh, we thought like Ratchet and Clank and Spider Man were gonna be their two things, but then they're like, what if we gave you Wolverine? Yeah, right. So like, I think they could do something in parallel to like Warner Brothers IP. So they
0: could. I don't think they would. What they really need to do is a new Mortal Kombat Shaolin monks. Mm. That shit was the tightness, indeed. Okay, it was. It was because we beat them up. It was great. I remember that. I want more beat-em-ups. Why don't we have beat-em-ups anymore? Why don't we have a triple beat-em-up anymore? Oh, all right, because it was called The Avengers. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> Shit. Shit.
0: Oh, we fucked up. Yakuza? I don't know. I, f- I feel like... It more of a brawler? Yeah, dude, that's that's like going to a car dealership for a Tesla and coming out with like a fucking yacht <laughs> like that. Don't go to Yakuza for beat up because <laughs> you're going to end up with like, well, I really like visual novels now. <laughs> yeah, you're talking about like a lean, mean beat em up machine. Beat em up, man. The Bouncer 2021 bouncier.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Even bouncier.
0: Even bouncier. dude. They should
1: do a remaster called like the bounce back edition.
0: Oh, fuck, <laughs> yeah. dude. I like that. I like that. I got number five. Elden Ring delayed. I guess it was too hard. I didn't have anything for that one. It, it was sad. It was the Dark Souls of game development. <laughs> it's true. This is actually from the Elden Ring Twitter. Elden Ring will release on February 25th, 2022, as opposed to uh, January 21st, by the way, as the depth and strategic freedom of the game succeeded initial, sorry, exceeded initial expectations. Thank you for your trust, ampersand, patience we look forward to seeing you experience the game in the closed network test in november so you're getting that at least you get your hands on this game a little bit
1: i'm interested to see what that network test Mm -hmm. is going to look like is it just Mm going to be like fun pvp stuff or like are you actually going to get to like explore like a segment of the world i would imagine it would
0: be like it would be that yeah like explore a segment of the world and then have instance multiplayer in the way that Mm -hmm. they're going to implement it and Elden ring when it comes out february 2022 um i'm okay with this yeah Yeah, that's fine a month isn't bad yeah what if you told me like seven months i'd be like oh fuck
1: yeah like it's a month whatever it makes me wonder if it's gonna slip further into the future you know or if if that's just gonna be it if it's just like cool they're gonna lock it in for february and boom Um, there, there was some speculation that it was going to get delayed just because we hadn't seen much in terms of, we hadn't seen much in terms of like promotional stuff or anything like that. Right. Like it it seemed like, um, from software had been kind of mum on it, uh, following like the last big trailer. And it's like, okay, well, yeah, maybe, maybe it's going to get delayed. But like, I don't know. I remember like Sekiro, like leading up to release, like there wasn't much in terms of like, you know promotional spots or deep dives it was just like we i think we got two major trailers mm-hmm. and then the game came out yeah, it just came out so i yeah. was kind of figuring this would be the same situation but you know when they came out early this week and i'm like
0: oh it's getting delayed and i'm like okay like yeah fine sure that's okay
2: i'm curious you know? how
0: hard uh a from software game needs to be marketed at mm-hmm. this point because it's like i feel like you're guaranteed to get literally anyone that's bought a dark souls mm-hmm. to just buy whatever else yeah. that from software makes like i'll buy their games till the end of time like, yeah, every time From Software says, hey, here's a game, I'm going to buy it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, unless it's, like, a weird VR thing. Um, I'm fine. Because they did that. Remember that? You After know. Bloodborne, they made a VR game. Really? Yeah. It's, like, a. it was a short thing. It had a weird name, like,
1: Discotum or Oh, Dacato. yeah, you're right. You're right. Did you,
0: like, play as a doll
1: in that or something?
0: Something yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well... <laughs> their mainline games i'm sure to sure to pick up but uh elden ring a little more polish i ain't mad about that that's yeah
1: fun. it's probably a lot to figure out like you know in terms of scale and yeah like a game like that you really want to make sure everything is like tight fine-tune everything make sure there are no bugs i'm sure there's like a lot of like collision they maybe experience between like playing like testing the game offline and then testing it online and you know Mm. there's just a lot to kind of like iron out with that and it seems like it's their biggest uh endeavor to date so you know sounds like it take your time with it um they haven't done
0: open world before
1: no i mean they've done like Closed-circuited open-world ideas, and like you know, every map is kind of very secure, securitous in a way. So, mm-hmm. um, but I'm even like horseback. That's not a thing that they've had. So no, maybe no. maybe that's one of those things where like you know they they found that like a player was riding a horse, and then somebody instanced into the world, and then the fucking horse got an erection. They're like, oh, we gotta fucking get this out we Ooh, gotta this, polish this horse this erection not be in the game like this
0: Ooh, that's a rough horse erection yeah. i gotta tell you this is so. not up to the standard of from software yeah. game those ball physics somebody's yeah. got to stay up late so. and fix these balls yeah there's a
1: lot of moving pieces for this one but I, i'm excited for it nonetheless i, I was looking yeah. forward to having a you know a game come out the the week before my birthday but you know whatever sorry bud it's okay I, I still get screamed that month so it's all right
2: mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. um yeah that's it. That's all I got. That's all. That, that's in January. You just got to scream to look forward to. Let's do something big for my birthday. For your birthday. Okay. Well, what have you always wanted to do that didn't involve hot wax? <laughs> I've always wanted to go parasailing. Parasailing. Yeah. Really. It, so, it, so like the boat drags you and you
1: go up in the air. Yeah. That could be fun. I don't know that that's something you do in January though. But
0: ooh, might be a little bit
1: cold. Yeah. yeah or here. or whale watching. But I think whale watching. Yeah, whale watching is not a thing you do in the winter either
0: ah <laughs> uh, maybe maybe not yeah. what kind of whales are you looking for bud orcas orcas the yeah. killer whale <laughs> yeah. oh my god <laughs> you're on a boat looking for orcas <laughs> all right ahab let's do this yeah. let's find some listen you asked me what are some things i've never yeah, done I wanted I, to know yeah, yeah that you want to do yeah you yeah. say so you want to go whale watching mm-hmm. fuck yeah i like being on boats i don't get sick at sea really yeah this fucking inner e- equilibrium prevents me from riding a bike but god damn i could be on a boat <laughs> when's the last time you were on a boat uh, I've taken the ferry across <laughs> uh, to, uh, fair, fair what's enough. that fucking island thing? Bainbridge? Bain- Bremerton. Bremerton. Yep. I've done that. Mm-hmm. A bunch of, uh, jellyfish out there in the water. Neat. And you could scream at them. You go, hey bud, you look like a balloon, you bitch! Yeah, that was my favorite thing to do. <laughs>
1: well, okay, I got a lot to look forward to in, in January. <laughs> We're gonna scream at jellyfish, I'm gonna go parasailing, and fucking Scream's coming out. So, Hi. Huh? <laughs> I got to
0: tell you, but you know what I'm not looking forward to is what February looks like for gaming because there's too much shit coming out here. Just at a high level. I'm not going to name everything I have on here, but like Dying Light 2 comes out February 4th. Mm -hmm. Uh, Fucking Horizon Forbidden West got Mm -hmm. delayed into February, so that's on the 18th of that month. Destiny 2 is doing a thing. Fucking Sifu, which I think is going to be, you know, that's yeah more indie i'm still super interested oh, in that yeah. game i
1: think like the art style and concept for it's pretty yeah. cool
0: and then that rebooted saints Row is coming out literally
1: the same like, day as Elden Ring. the same day as that's elden crazy. ring
0: what the fuck that's yo hey saints row you need to do yourself a favor and get the fuck out of that month yeah you're
1: you need, not doing yourself any favors you there.
0: need to do yourself a big favor like, and get the fuck away from elden ring because you are not i guarantee you i'm not i'm not touching you well i don't necessarily think the demographic is the same no but like on the off chance that there is
2: yeah
0: <laughs> like that choice is easy as shit dude you think you're gonna go after saints row versus fucking elden ring hell no <laughs> hell no especially since now it's like this re saints row
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh who knows if that's gonna be good or not
1: right is yeah. it just called saints row or is it like mm-hmm. oh interesting
0: we've gotten to the point in media where they're just like Let's just reset everything. Mm. Just re—just call it just, it's Saints Row. The next Gears of War is just going to be a Gears. <laughs> it's just going to be like, Gears. the G is a six. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's true. That's probably yeah. exactly what's going to happen. Uh, damn, didn't they already do? They, yeah, they called the last one Gears 5 because mm-hmm. they're like, of oh, the war is just too strong. Yeah. Gears of the war. <laughs>
2: Gears of the war 5. <laughs>
0: yeah. War is such a strong thing. It's,
1: it's interesting because, like, mm. we wondered when the next deluge of games was going to be. Fall is looking, like, kind of scattershot. Uh, winter, same. Like, you know, you have your standards that are going to happen. You know, we're getting a Call of Duty.
0: Vanguard. Yeah, we're
1: getting Vanguard. I was Vanguard. impressed by the beta. What else?
0: Did that Evil Dead game get pushed back? Got pushed the next year, yeah. but no, no, quite not quite a date yet. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm hoping I- April-ish. Yeah, and then there's some other
1: stuff on here too, like Life is Strange, Remastered Collection that Deck Nine is doing, That's and cool. then like Dynasty Warriors Nine, which is not something I'm gonna play, but you know. The the thing is like there's Deck
0: a... Nine? Deck Nine? Deck Nine is doing it? The yeah. the guys that did the search? Or am I thinking of there's another deck? Maybe it's deck thirteen. Maybe. Why are they naming themselves as if like like yeah. they're, like internal departments De-
1: deck nine also did life is strange true color so okay yeah they're kind of like in that same uh pantheon i'm gonna there.
0: look up deck 13 i'm gonna be mad mm. yeah there is a studio called deck 13 they okay. did the search. <laughs>
1: yeah but the thing is like some of these games kind of run like an event diagram over each other where it's like dying light 2 horizon forbidden west Elden ring saints row like those are open world games so, like, yeah. hopefully people don't get burnt out on that feel, you know?
0: Of open world games? Yeah. I think we're, we're far too far gone mm. in this industry <laughs> to turn, turn back the clock on open world games. Yeah. I, I enjoy open world games, but they're definitely a genre that you can get burned out on, right?
1: Yeah. I've had you to know. open my heart to the open world over time.
0: You open your heart to them, yeah. Man. But not too much. All I want to do is give you a checklist of monotonous things to do love it just love it just lo- like how when people tell you like when an mmo gets boring it's just like oh you gotta love the grind You're yeah. like i gotta love I, not enjoying I, myself
1: yeah. that, yes. that's a lot of people talking about like final fantasy 14 where it's like oh you just gotta love the grind just love the grind worry, just grind for 80 hours and then the story gets so good
0: right because like if you grind enough the game hypnotizes you where whenever they release a trailer you start crying <laughs> that's actually a like a pavlov like reaction yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, listen i wish i had gotten invested in final fantasy 14 because there seemed like there's a lot going on there between the story and and all the raids seem fucking bomb nasty mm-hmm. but uh, i don't know
0: if wishes were rain it'd be cloudy all the time
1: if wishes were rain it would fucking knock out the power again it's true the tree did actually yeah maybe the the wind knocked down the tree so i gotta call up for for seattle right here love Ooh. you great city you're on a fucking island you like, at what point do you shore up your infrastructure? Fucking put some posts on some trees, get better fucking buildings for your, you know, fucking, you know, power nodes. When do
0: you... Florida's built for that shit. Fix your roads. Yeah, fix your roads, man. I t- you fuck I, up Kevin's alignment every other day. Yeah, my alignment was really bad yeah. last time I got it done. I, I took, like, a wrong turn, like, trying to get to Cap Hill, mm-hmm. and I ended up on, like, a cobblestone road. Mm. And, like, literally, I ended up in the Salem Witch Trials. It was crazy. <laughs> I was like, what's going on here?
1: <laughs> i I like walking over those roads driving over them not so much
0: yeah what the fuck is going on seattle anyway anyway well well we got some games to talk about my friend
1: well let me kind of open this up here to kind of jump off of uh what we were already talking about uh in this play segment open world games right you love them they're everywhere right you've been playing one right now Ah. it's uh one that ubisoft loves to kind of rehash the same ideas out
0: with every time uh far cry 6 That felt like a knock against uh, the innovative studio that clones their games ad nauseum. (laughs) Yes, Far Cry 6. I like Far Cry. I will defend Far Cry as far as I can throw it. Which is not extremely far, Mm -hmm. but far enough. Mm -hmm. Uh, 5 didn't quite impress me because I thought the story was kind of a lame duck. But this one's interesting. It, it is in a kind of approximation of Cuba, mm-hmm. uh, and you're playing as a querida, Uh someone rather than being a, a gorilla. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you always see these like kind of
1: spun like accents on words, and I'm like, I think he's trying Accent. to hit a certain word. Garida, yeah.
0: They say it the whole day, like, Ah, Garita. And it's like, yeah, hey, what's up?
1: Conyo. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the whole time. Oh, yeah, I hear Conyo coming out of your room like every, other, every other minute. And then one day it was like you were in a work meeting. So I was like, oh, wait, that probably shouldn't be. True.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, I was teaching them how to say Far Cry words. <laughs> um But uh, Far Cry 6, Far Cry 6, what can I say about it? So you play as Danny. You can either be a female Danny or a male Danny. But mm-hmm. all the marketing pushed the female da- Danny to the point that I didn't even think that there was a choice. yeah um I still went with female mm-hmm. danny actually it's danny with an i mm-hmm. instead of like danny with nny yeah whatever that's how you gotta do it <laughs> that's how you gotta do it i guess um but i like that you're not playing as like a white tourist mm-hmm. gunning down a culture <laughs> as in previous far crys far cry 3 being like one of the more egregious examples of mm-hmm. that you're actually from this place and you're trying to get out because life has gotten hard because uh gustavo fring has showed up and decided to be a dictator Right? Is I mean, he still
1: doing the chicken thing, or
0: no? Ah, uh, he has gone past chicken. He's okay. he's got the cows and the rest of the farm. So he's too.
1: he's he's filling the coop.
0: Yeah, and he's got like little little son that he's trying to curb uh, or groom into uh, another dictator, thirteen year old kid that he's always trying to make him like shoot like random people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, his performances are good. But it being an open world game, like <laughs> the pacing is what you make it. Mm-hmm. So I literally haven't seen this character in like almost fourteen hours. Oh wow because I just every time that there's like a red icon like oh here's a new fortress or oh here's a new checkpoint I can take over or oh here's an ambush I just fucking do it dude my fucking undiagnosed attention issues tell me that it feels good (laughs) so I do it
1: you're like oh this hits the serotonin
0: it does now some of it gets a little um how would you say monotonous because you're doing like literally it's a huge fucking map one of the biggest I've seen in a far cry Mm -hmm. and it's a lot of the same shit you know like sometimes there's some variation here and there with like the kind of um the different areas that you're in but when you've done one checkpoint I swear to god you've done them all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you've cleared out every checkpoint and I've gotten good at doing the same thing which is headshot, 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 mm. headshot. Now there's little little bells and whistles that makes the game interesting. They they bring back the whole um uh, companion slash beastmaster thing that uh primal threw oh, into I the series that. yeah which is great um you can hang out with little Tridizo, which is uh a hot dog uh puppy who can't use his back legs so he's on wheels the entire time oh. so he's squeaking by with you and you can use him to distract people and they're like whoa who's, whose dog is this and then you just get a headshot <laughs> it's fucking great nice or you can hang out with a crocodile who okay. eats people
1: so that can also be a companion.
0: Yeah, you Perfect. you have a, you have like at least like seven companions that you can call on oh.
1: and like you know, switch out. So you are a beast master.
0: Yeah. Okay. Fucking great. Interesting. And yeah, you're just uh, sowing destruction. It's basically just cause. Honestly, it's the same plot as Just Cause. Which is there's hmm. a dictator and there's a lot of things I could explode and there's a militia I need to fight. Boom, Just Cause.
1: But isn't that like also a few of the Far Crys as well?
0: Yes. <laughs> <So>
1: like, <laughs> yeah, they're very all very very similar in yeah. that regard, right? Well, so what are the differences then? Like, you know, mm-hmm. other than locale and the unique story. Like, what is the thing that Far Cry 6 does demonstrably different that 5 didn't?
0: nothing okay well there we go straight up nothing and i have to warn people like yo it doesn't do very much differently huh. it does everything that it did before really well mm-hmm. like all of the components are there they feel good the gunplay is good um there is one difference um instead of having a more straightforward kind of like perk unlock system you can lean on like um you get something called a supremo mm-hmm. which is like of this weird backpack that uh, could either have like a volley of explosives come out of it or hmm. it could shoot fire and you can equip like different ones for different situations hmm. like at will and you can go into your character menu and literally switch out your inventory from there rather than going to like an outpost and having to do it. Oh, cool. Okay. Uh, you, could, you have to go to an outpost to upgrade your guns but it's, your entire inventory is always on you so you're just like literally fucking swiss army knife of destruction nice and that's fun like i i've had moments where um i use my supremo and like literally take down a helicopter like danny will like lower to the ground like lower her back and just, just fire off a volley and it's just it's it's zany fucking chaos yeah. as i love I love Far Cry for that, right? Where I'm like, I'm talking to a dude and suddenly (laughs) a fucking firefight breaks out in front of me. A horse gets involved. Somebody gets run over. Somebody throws a Molotov. I'm on fire. They're on fire. (laughs) Things explode. And then when I resolve that by shooting people systematically in the head, I go back to the quest giver and go, okay, where do you want me to go next? (laughs) That's the kind of fun I look for. I like this game.
1: I've always liked the chaos Mm -hmm. in those sort of open world games. Um, Yeah. And obviously, like the "play as you will" style of it, right? Yeah. Where nobody's gonna play Danny the same, but it it is kind of unfortunate to hear that it is just kind of filled with the same checklist stuff, yeah, just to kind of fill out like the runtime. Yes. Because, um, <laughs> like, having come off of Assassin's Creed Odyssey like earlier this year, which I still haven't beat, I put like eighty hours into into that game. I loved it. I thought the sense of scale and adventure was was mesmerizing at times but like you whether you're in fucking mykonos or you're on this other island or you're in fucking athens like you're doing the same shit you're taking out the same outposts basically you, yeah you're doing the same conquest so like you know it is kind of the colored moments in between and the side quests that make it like pretty interesting like aside from the main story um so like is there at least side quests that kind of like, color the world?
2: Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, there's plenty of characters. Actually, the thing that really stands out is the character writing's really good, but everyone's kind of the same in that they're quirky, funny character, you know? Mm -hmm. It's, like, they all have, like, kind of, um, like, how would you say, just, like, a sarcastic bent towards, like, their actions in the world and they're all bloodthirsty in one manner or another. And they just want to just elicit chaos wherever they go. So mm. th- it gets a little samey there, but at least like it's entertaining and, and funny that that's kind of like yeah. the-, the beat that it goes. Cause I would actually be like, the game would probably be hard to go through if it took like a dour tone, mm. You know, because like obviously, oh, fucking dictatorship and fascist mm. government and all that stuff, you can you can play that dark, right? Yeah. But if I played a, a Far Cry game that was dark, and then suddenly like you know a horse fell off of a cliff and then exploded and stuff, like it, it there would just be too much dissonance, mm. right? So I like that the it's a little more popcorny, which mm-hmm. I kind of like about it, because I think it has to be. Yeah, I think if it tried to dive deep into that material, like it would just fucking fall flat on its face.
1: So the main story and its handling of like dictatorships and all that like it doesn't treat it like kind of in that vein I would, I would
0: say the golden path yeah. is probably like a little more like straightforward kind of okay. like we're gonna play that in that sort of way yeah. where there's a tone yeah there's moments where like this guy's fucked up but yeah. I, I think like the way that i can talk to you about the tone is like think of movies like um Lucky number Slevin in Mm -hmm. how it handles violence and characterization. Or um, there's another one, Snatch even. Mm -hmm. Like, it's trying to do that. Definitely not as well or as consistent. But it's trying to go for that kind of thing where it's like, I'm still showing you that there's a villain and he's serious. But also we're in a world where, like, you know, murder is a dime to people mm-hmm. that's not a idiom but mm-hmm. you know what i mean right where it's just kind of like that's just the the uh the currency of the world the currency of the world yeah. thank you that that's kind of how it is right um so it, it it tries to play with it that way mm-hmm. you know it, it, it's not like oh you need to feel bad about what's happening in this far cry okay and maybe in, in that way it kind of um fumbles where there are subject matter that there is subject matter that maybe needs to have a little more um care with yeah. it especially when we're talking about like if you're basing it on a culture that did have a dictatorship, mm-hmm. like for real, like if you're if you're comparing it to Cuba,
2: mm-hmm.
0: it's like okay, well, you know, you're, you're kind of satirizing it mm-hmm. at that point. So like, I can see where that can leave a bad taste in people's mouths. Yeah. Yeah, but
1: having looked into it a bit and being curious about it uh, and finding that there are like Hispanic, Latinx, you're cry curious. Yeah. What? I'm sorry, no. We're not going to use that. That's not. It. We're editing that out. That's coming out of the episode. I um, thought. No, but just wanting to know, like, was there authenticity in in terms of the writing team and development staff? And yeah, there's there's you know mm-hmm. people of Cuban descent, Mexican descent, like so. You know, you have people who know the culture and know it well. Coming from that, is it like is it okay that it's more like satirical and fun and? can't be in its execution or it doesn't mm-hmm. need to be like, you know, played straight lace. Cause like, you know, even looking at what five did where I, I don't say that like, you know, Ubisoft has a responsibility to like, you know, tell a story with politics and, you know, drive home a certain message with it. But if you're going to play with the themes and, you know, ideologies of a certain type of people, you know, I would hope you were doing more than satire with it, right? Yeah. Um,
0: I think in that instance, they whiffed it. Yeah. They definitely whiffed it. Because it's like, if you're going to play with that, then what are you trying to say? And yeah. I think um, in this game, and I haven't beaten the game. Like, I've put like over 20 hours into it, and mm. that's nowhere near of a dent for this Far Cry, which... is is going to turn into a criticism eventually for me. If sure. I'm If I'm still hour 45, like, unlocking checkpoints. Like, mm-hmm. come on, dude. You know? But, um, yeah, I, I feel like that might be the case here as well, where they just kind of say, like, hey we played with this material, yeah. but we didn't really say anything
1: with yeah. it. It's more of a set dressing yeah. than anything we wanted to drive a message home with.
0: Yeah, and that's kind of becoming the underlying issue with Far Cries of Franchise, mm-hmm. right? And I think Just Cause did a better job by just being way campier, where you're like, well, you don't have any kind of responsibility, and it's like... There are moments where this game does seem like it's trying to like make you take it seriously. So mm-hmm. it's like, okay, well, if, you, if you're trying to get grab my attention like that, then there should be a reason, right? Mm-hmm. So it's, again, it's, I think it's a tough balancing act for them where obviously they think that tri- going one direction or another is going to hurt them commercially. So they just, you know, hey, we're going to drive past these themes, but we're not going to stop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's 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 Far Cry. So know what you're getting into with Far Cry. Okay. Right? From a mechanical sense of gameplay perspective, I'm having fun. Okay. It's fun. It's cool. I'm shooting things. I have my <laughs> dog with me. I'm blowing up stuff. You get a, a trophy for a grenade launching, a shark. It's great. <laughs> it sounds like bananas. Fun. The video game parts of this video yeah. game are very
1: video that, gaming. That's the thing about Far Cry. It's always been just a, like a, a video gamey dumb franchise. And I haven't played <laughs> any of them except Primal, which... Primal's amazing. Yeah, Primal's a fucking fantastic game. But like... It, I don't think it does quite out there things that, like, some of the mainline titles do. <laughs> no, so definitely I, not. I'm glad you picked it up, because it's not a game that I was interested in buying myself, sure. but I would definitely borrow it from you, um, if I'm
0: feeling like an open world game yeah. at any point, but we'll see. I will say, it is beautiful on the PS5, and it runs beautifully. Are you playing a PS5 edition? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, got got that, cool. uh, it's got that PS5 logo on that
1: bitch. So, last question on it, <gasps> unless you have anything else you want to say. How is oh, really? uh, Giancarlo Esposito?
0: He's good. Yeah. He, he, he does his thing, dude. Yeah. He literally plays like the, the same, same character, character almost every yeah. in everything. Whether he's like... in The
1: Mandalorian or he's in Breaking Bad. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Literally the only time I've seen him break away from it is in a series that nobody wants to watch, which is The Maze Runner. Mm. You know, the, he was in the sequel to The Maze Runner, the one that introduced zombies for some reason. And he played like, uh, I fr- he wasn't a bad guy. He was like a dude that was a survivor and he was trying to help the kids or something. And oh. he ends up being kind of like, well, I'm a good guy. And he was obviously like enjoying that role because he didn't have to like murder somebody. Yeah. somebody. <laughs> but yeah, that's, that's the only time I've ever seen him play against type
2: hmm.
1: ever. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like seeing him do interviews cause he's very jovial and candid. He is. Uh, he and it's just like, you would think he's like this mean hearted man, but like, no, he isn't. No, of course not. Yeah.
0: He's an actor. Yeah. <laughs> just X. No, I thought he was a method actor. I thought he was like always that way. No, no, no. If you're looking for a son of a bitch, go for uh, Daniel Day-Lewis. Oh, <laughs> that That's okay. a guy who's probably just unenjoyable to yeah. be around. I feel like Joaquin Phoenix as well. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. I could see that. I could see Joaquin <laughs> Phoenix being unfun. Yeah. Christian Bale? Definitely uh yeah probably yeah probably <laughs> i'm just gonna agree with everyone i'm like yeah yeah yeah. You're probably a dick you know? i don't know actors yeah well talk to me about a game that you have been playing uh so i
1: just gotta pick one from my list here i'm gonna pick close from my list. eyes and just poke a finger down actually no i'm gonna do this in an order here as i have them listed so this week i did two things which maybe i was chasing a high maybe i was just bored Maybe, maybe I had nothing else going on. But I platinum two games this week. A two-plat kind of week. Plat okay. there, plat there. A rarefied uh, week. Exactly. Huh. So the first game I platinumed technically... Well, the first game on the list I'm going to talk about that I platinumed is Hades, which I've talked about like a thousand times on previous episodes. <laughs> um, yeah. This was a long platinum. Uh, I wouldn't recommend anybody do it without foresight if you are trying to platinum the game go into it knowing that there's some stuff you might want to start doing from the beginning because it's a very grindy game uh, in its execution of like getting all these little companion unlocks and, you know, maxing out all the, the um, social links and, you know, making people fall in love with you and, and getting all these little trinkets and things and, you know, maxing all of your weapons. And it's just, it is a time sink and investment that you can only accomplish doing run after run after run after run it took me probably a hundred and like 17 runs to get this platinum. Jesus Um, Christ. And like I had cleared the game pretty early on. I think I had done it around like run like 19 or 20. That was like the first time I'd beat it. And then after that I was like, all right, let's keep going. Let's see what, you know, can be done. Um, there's things along the way that make it more interesting meta runs and stuff like that. But by the end of it, you're just like doing it just to do it. And the one thing that kind of like held it up is you get these things called keepsakes for maxing out, like, each of the gods that you interact with, you can give them a nectar, which kind of in you know, makes them kind of like, you know, like you a bit more. And then they give you what's considered a keepsake. You get 25 keepsakes across all these gods that you interact with, and the you have to level them up. Each one max level three, but it takes 75 encounters to max each one out completely. Which, that's a lot of encounters, that's a lot of runs. And when I started doing the game early on, I was just kind of picking the keepsakes that, like, played to my benefit. Like, the one that gave me, like, you know, an extra death defiance, that gave me, like, an extra life, right? Um, Or one that gave me more attack damage. I wasn't thinking to switch them out after I maxed them out. So, like, once I knew that that was something I had to start doing towards the platinum, I started just kind of going in order with them. And, like, that was the last thing I needed to do. It just, it took so fucking long. But I would just put on podcasts... And do my grind, and smash my way through, and it became a very calculated <laughs> thing after a while.
0: Yeah, um, I didn't even need to ask you what game you are playing. You are playing Hades every day.
1: Yeah, from the time it came out in August until, like, this past week, I was just fucking grinding away on it. But Jeez. I love the game. Um, I didn't find the Platinum particularly hard. It was just time-consuming. Yeah. Um, but it's definitely one that I'm, I'm proud to have, because... It's what we call a hard-earned in the Platinum. That's place. a hard-earned Platinum. Um, no
0: mistake there.
1: Yeah, I think there's aspects of it I like more in Execution than uh, Returnal, which is another roguelike that I platinum this year, which I think some of the, the aspects of that Platinum were fucking just straight bullshit mm-hmm. um, that relied too heavily on randomization. But this is the same way, right? Like, you have to max out, you know, certain aspects of relationships with gods that might not spawn on certain runs. Or you're waiting for certain conversations to happen to initiate, like, side quest or things that you need to occur so like it requires you to just make sure you're talking to everybody and doing everything on each run yeah it's it's a lot i don't expect it to be for everybody i think the triumph for some people is like cool i beat hades and that's it you know um i would recommend people at least get the the true ending and hit credits because i think that's like a cool thing to see out towards the end and then walk away from it at that point but you know uh, otherwise Man, my thumbs hurt.
0: <laughs> you going to play it again?
1: <laughs> it's it's one of those things where like I considered after the fact of like, and I, I thought about this after I Platinum Cuphead, where I was like, cool, maybe I could do like a speed run stream and just like hmm. run through some stupid quick sick runs. But yeah, you know, I haven't deleted it off my hard drive yet, but I have no want to play it. Uh, I've seen a lot of that game. I've seen too much of that game.
0: You have seen a lot of that game. Yeah. I, I don't think I would have the perseverance because I need to hop between 15 games in a given week. Yeah, I, I
1: th- there were some games that I was kind of like hopping in and out of uh, around that, but that was the main one where it's like if I just wanted to like zone out and like just turn my brain completely off after like a, wor- a long work day or work week or I was depressed, I'm just like, all right, I'm going to lock myself into this simple routine and I'm just going to get it done and that's going to be that. But that was one game I platinum this week. Another game that I... So if you're play- playing Hades, I have to imagine
0: that you're depressed. Well, so, no, but, like... Is that how I... Know, is that, like, a signifier? Like, oh, he always just... Oh, I hear I hear some roguelikes. <laughs> I hear
1: that fucking uh, Darren Korb grinding out there. Oh, he's probably fucking yeah. sickly ill right yeah. now. Save
0: Room says that only depressed people play roguelikes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I think so. And I, I think a lot of people can speak to this, the sentiment, and obviously mental health and the, the routines we lock into when we're not feeling great are different for everybody. But, like, I find that when I'm not feeling my best doing simple routines like over and over in and just kind of like engaging with that and not having to think too much Mm -hmm. are easy for me same right it's like i'd rather do that than like kind of wrap my head around like a complicated like concept of a game right like hades it's just like this is it this is the task in front of me it's digestible and i can do it right you know i don't have to think at all and you know maybe at the end i get a sense of uh vindication or <laughs> a sense of a uh, satisfaction rather so yeah
0: but i could see that i have that's why you see me play like a lot of shooters yeah. or like in the, m- the middle of my work week right like i find it way harder to like after a workday engage with something that you know has a story like let's say lost judgment yeah than it, than it is to be like i'm gonna shoot xenomorphs <laughs> mm-hmm. for a little while you know so i i could totally see that i think hades definitely lands on that mm-hmm. even though it does have really well written story elements to it and yeah. characters interact with but at a certain point you know You're just grinding, right?
1: (laughs) I mean, that was kind of the part of it, too, where, like, I was definitely, like enjoying some of the continuous runs because like you would unlock new conversations or quests or you were doing things for the characters like you know there's a a quest where you have to reunite like orpheus and Eurydice, and you know you have to there's a quest where like achilles who is bound to being kind of like a house servant like you reunite him with somebody he loves or you know like so there's these little like side quests that are like really deep and meaningful there's an epilogue too that you can unlock um so that was also something that i was working towards and like there is still, a kind of steam in each run, but after you clear that out, you're just like, well, now I'm just maxing out these fucking keepsakes. Yeah. So, Yeah. I don't know. It it was fun. Um, I'm glad I did it, and that's kind of that. But another game that I platinum this week and played in full, a game that I fucking love and adore that's probably going to land pretty high on my game of the year list, is Life is Strange, True Colors. Right on. Uh, I've only played two Life is Strange games. The first one and this one. I can't really speak to, like, any of the in-between titles, so, like... Before the Storm or Life is Strange 2. Um, I know some of the games are like double duties between like Deck Nine and the main studio, Hmm. uh, which might be just Square Enix, actually. Uh, I don't know who it is, actually. Who is
0: it? Don't nod.
1: Oh, Don't Nod. I, how can I fucking forget that? How can
0: forget Don't Nod. Yeah, so like... Remember me. They
1: kind of do like dual duties between like Don't Nod and Deck Nine where Deck Nine is now kind of risen in prominence of like... I think this has been their... Like this is going to be our standalone game, right? We're not just doing a support title or like kind of a filler title. Like this is kind of our own uh, project. And I think like the original Life is Strange was, was interesting because it was in the time of like episodic, like story-based games, narrative-based games, choice-driven games, right? And that game came out on a release schedule where you had to wait in between episodes to get the mm. full experience. Um, I hated that. Yeah. I, I don't particularly love it. And I like that this game kind of learned from that. And it was like, no, you're going to get all five episodes in the package game together. Um, I think the first episode is available as like just a demo, hmm. um, which is pretty cool. But yeah, you can tell that, uh, deck nine is like a, a studio of people that like love the franchise. They get what, the core identity of these games is about um and it it does have some familiar strokes of like you know the original life is strange that a lot of us have played and really adored um for some reason like none of the other titles really called to me like Before the storm, I didn't really care to play like a prequel story. Uh, Life is Strange Two, which is a story about two brothers, seemed pretty interesting, but like I just they were still doing the episodic thing, and I just didn't care. Yeah, and I think that
0: that that (laughs) fucked up like interest, right? Actually, let me let me let me amend that a little bit. Telltale fucked up episodic games for the rest of the industry because people got burned out on it. Mm -hmm. Simple. Maybe you can bring it back eventually. Maybe mm. that makes sense. I think it makes more sense to do it through like stuff like Game Pass, where there's less of a, you know, a barrier of entry, which yeah. I, I would say is price, yeah. <laughs> right? Not to say that these things were like priced unattractively, but it was just like the weight sucks. Mm-hmm. I, and there was no um, discipline with the wait either. I think I, – I forget how Life is Strange did it, but Telltale was really bad about that. Mm-hmm. Telltale was just like, here's episode one, and then like, we're hoping they get the se- second episode by the fall. You know? It's yeah. like,
1: oh, shit. Well, I think that was the same with Life is Strange at first, where the first episode came out, and then it was months until the second one. And then yeah. they had a regular cadence after that. That,
0: that, that definitely hurts – interest and momentum yeah. for, for a story. So I'm, I'm glad to see that this is, like, collected.
1: Yeah, and it's it's great. Like, it's it's a $60 title, which I know is kind of steep for some people, and a lot of people might bite into it and say, oh, it's not worth 60 bucks," or, sure. you know, wait for it to be on sale, or it should have been a $40 title, or whatever. But, like, it is... There's so much good I could say about it. It's a very charming, lovely, emotional game. Uh, the, the, the main character, Alex Chung, is basically a transplant to this new uh town in colorado it's called haven springs it's a made up town don't go look for it on a map doesn't exist Mm. Uh, but it feels like kind of a facsimile of a town that would exist in like a mountain town in colorado right like small community you know local strip of shops you got your record store you got your plant store you got your fucking ice cream shop you got a local bar you got all these fixtures all of it you got all of it you got a statue of a fucking deer in the middle of the in the plaza so like and it's, it's got all these things that, like, kind of just reek of, of small town between, like, the characters just being very, like, familial with each other and all this. But Alex comes in as a, a transplant who kind of just got kicked around between, like, foster families for a long time. And she goes there to reunite and live with her brother, Gabe. And uh, he works at this local bar. And you go to basically stay with him and, and live with him. And it's just the story of, like, her finding kind of herself... Um, And her emotional grounding in this new world um, and just kind of figuring out who she is, where she just kind of didn't know who she was or what her purpose was for the longest time. But through her ability is where she starts to kind of find herself. Um, Life is Strange kind of has this mechanical lean of, like, there's always going to be this kind of power element to it, right? Hmm. Where, like, Life is Strange 1, like, Max had the ability to rewind time, which made for some interesting, like, you know, segments where it's like, oh, I made that person kill themselves, let's rewind time and fix that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like, let's, let's walk that back, because that was a, that was a bad one. Um, but Alex's ability, um, because of so much emotional trauma and things that she's been through, she's developed the ability to become an empath. Which I know is a weird idea on paper to be like, oh, you play as an empath, so what you listen to people talk, you you fucking hear their shoulder to cry, and it's like yes, but the thing is, she has this kind of uh, like preternatural ability to sense what people are feeling, right? Hmm. So you can, and it, the mechanic of it is uh, l l two, you hold it, and it kind of creates this like kind of like filter around the world and the characters and you can see like people's auras come off them so like you know if i did it around like you know one of the characters ryan and it was red i would know he's angry or passionate about something if i do it on somebody and it's blue i know maybe they're a little sad or if it's yellow i know they're joyous but if you hold it and then you press x the the controller to do this fucking jackhammer thing what? where you can <laughs> you can hear their thoughts oh, okay. and what they're thinking in that moment. And you can basically like manipulate situations and, and characters. And I know that sounds kind of like devilish to like, the you ultimate gaslighter <laughs> you know, to manipulate people by, <laughs> by reading their emotions. But you know, yeah, a little bit, <laughs> but it's, it's how you end up like helping a lot of people. And it's, it's one of those things where she is often at odds with it. Um, and she has the problem at first where, She has kind of some letters back and forth with her psychiatrist where, you know, she kind of paints herself as a monster. And she's like, I don't know how to control myself. I've hurt people. And you're like, oh, okay, like maybe she's just like, you know, maybe she's a little mentally ill and she lashes out. But it's literally like if she's around somebody and their emotions are too strong, she becomes overcome with it. So she's there's a point early on in the first episode where her brother and this guy, this local townie get into a fight and she becomes kind of angry by proxy and she gets into a fight with them and like just kind of lashes out and it's just kind of like things of that nature but the mechanic itself it, it definitely develops over time it seems kind of weird at first but it definitely over time as the story kind of unravels and you kind of meet more characters and you're trying to kind of unravel uh this central mystery of what's going on with uh typhon which is this mining company that is just fucking up everybody's day uh they're fucking just doing demolitions and you know mining in the town people are like no we want to chill we want to have our flower festivals and larp and we don't want this big mining company in here get, get the fuck out of here big miners so <laughs> um but it's it's uh it's really charming it I have described it as a a small town sadness simulator that I just kind of fell in love with
0: oh of course you'd fall in love with that yeah. oh my god yeah
1: um but I think Alex Chung is a really endearing character in the way that she interacts with the world I think is particularly special um and it's nice to play as an adult versus like mm-hmm. a lot of these games where you're playing as like somebody who's still in high school or like somebody who just maybe like graduated. So like, you know, she's like a 20 something year old. Um, she's lived a life. She has kind of a story of her own to tell and uh, a life she's trying to find in this town. You know, otherwise it's got the same life is strange beats. There's, Murder. Twists and turns and drama and murder and Whoa. and things you have to uncover. And, you know, you it's choice driven. So you can make choices that kind of make or break characters allegiance to you. And sure. it's, it's, I don't know. It's it's interesting. It's a small story. Like you don't really go beyond that town. So all think that's good. Yeah. All of it's really contained within uh, Haven Springs, which is really nice, but it gives you time to like learn that world, learn the characters, their, their relationships together backed by beautiful graphics good performances, uh, killer score. Uh, Angus and Julia Stone, they're like a couple. I think they're married. I would hope (laughs) if they share a last name. Mm -hmm. But they're a singer-songwriter duo and they do the main theme for it and then you have just like a bunch of awesome covers. Like there's a cover of Blister in the Sun by Violent Fans, Creep by Radiohead. There's a few other ones too that I'm blanking on. Dido, uh, <laughs> that song Thank You, so I, I, gets played in a scene. I think I
0: heard that coming from your room, and <laughs> it, I was like, oh, man, they did
1: it. <laughs> it seems like a really cheesy song to hear, but within the context of the scene, it's like, whoa, it's really, like, yeah. it, it gets you. And it, it's a gut-wrenching experience. I think of, like, all the games I played this year, uh, mm-hmm. save for Persona, this one, like, really hit me in the feels the hardest. Really? Uh, yeah. No, it's 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 really worth the time. Um, and like, How long th- is it? uh it's like a 10 hour 12 hour game if you're going for the platinum okay so and the platinum is something you can easily do throughout each episode it's basically like little collectibles and things you have to find um using that empath ability you come across things like in the environment that you can highlight so like like a jacket or like a helmet and you hover your ability over it and it basically unlocks like a memory or interaction that was associated with it Hmm. um so you get a lot of those and you just have to be aware of that's what you're looking for. But the trophy list does a good job of spelling out like, this is what you need to do here where it's like the trophy's called like, Oh no, it's called like a uh, jacket memory. So, you know, in that episode you're looking for a jacket. <laughs> That sounds bad. <laughs> it sounds terrible. Or, like, keychain memory. So you're looking for a keychain.
0: I got a lot of jacket memory. I don't
1: know why that's the first thing
0: I went for, but, like... Ah, uh, um. yeah, life is strange. <laughs> but, yeah,
1: I, I highly recommend it. A uh, lot of charm. A lot of love that went into that game. And, you know, from the... F- the first episode will get its hooks in a lot of people by the hmm. end where it's like, you know, you think it's going to coast and you are like, oh, this first episode is going to be like a fun start. And it's like, no, it gets dark real fast. Cool. And you want to just kind of see what's going to happen. And it like each episode immediately picks up like beat after beat from the one before it. So hmm. I, I really like it. It's a strong entry in the Life is Strange catalog. And there's some fun parts to it too. Like there's uh I'm not gonna spoil too much, but there is a little boy who is kind of like uh playing son to uh your brother. Um
0: <laughs> I've actually, never played son before. Actually, I actually I said this.
1: There there's a little boy that um Your brother is kind of, like, taken care of because, like, he's in a relationship with this mother, and uh, the the kid's really into, like, writing his own comic, and he's into, like, LARPing. So Hmm. there are a few instances where, like, you take on his emotions, and you see things the way that he sees the world, and it's, like, really fantastical. Interesting. Um, And there's a whole chapter dedicated to a LARP, which is, like, really fun because it has, like... Turn-based elements where it almost feels like an old school like Final Fantasy game. Oh, yeah. Wow. So it's it's really neat. Um, I was thoroughly impressed with I like it. when games do that. Yeah, where it's just like, yeah. oh, I didn't expect the game to like kind of s- like flip the gameplay here. But right, 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 It does in in really uh, interesting ways. The only thing that I really don't love that the game did, and I don't know why games of this ilk feel. <sighs> indebted to do things like this but i feel like the romantic element of it is very shoehorned mm. um where it's like i don't feel like this game really was benefited from my alex having to choose whether or not i wanted to date steph who runs the local record store or if i wanted to date ryan who is like this town hero you know
0: how is he a town hero
1: he's just a good guy and he's a good guy yeah he saved a few lives
0: once i would go with steph yeah Works at the record store.
1: It it felt like, honestly, a more organic situation. And the game almost feels like that's what it wants you to do at times. Where it's like, oh, okay. I feel like there's a lot of writing that supports the idea of me dating
0: stuff. Consents the favoritism. Yeah, to her versus developers, Ryan. developers, right? So yeah. it's like, I wish
1: they would have just made that the main arc and maybe dedicated something else to it. Right. Because, like, obviously, like, when you choose one character over the other, there's, like, these binary things that happen. And it's just, okay. like, it feels so, just put in there because, like, people who like choice-driven games where romance is an option, they want to be able to have that romanceable sure. character. And I just, it doesn't feel like it serves the story as well as it could have. Right, all. right, right. So.
0: Yeah, that's fair. I mean, but who who can't relate to wanting to date the town hero? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, I would never want to date Orion.
0: I'm gonna date the guy that fixed our power today.
1: <laughs> <laughs> He's a fucking hero.
0: Where is you?
1: Yeah, I I like it. Um, you should borrow it at some point. Yeah, I want to play it.
0: I want to play it before the year's out. I, I want to I want to assess it for my game of the year list because yeah. I really love Life is Strange Part One.
1: That one blew me away. Like I was yeah. not expecting that to be the story and gameplay experience that it was. And yeah. It had these crazy like mechanics and like kind of at times like almost like supernatural like trippy. Like, and I love gameplay that. That, that was the hook
0: for me, right? Yeah. Like I really, really enjoyed those elements, and I like the story that unfolded, and I like that it like continually got darker. So I'm, so I'm really interested yeah. to see what this one does.
1: But last point here, Alex Chung, love you. You're great. I, every scene she's in, she eats up. Uh, and mm. there's there's a scene where they make her look particularly dummy thick, and I'm just oh my I, I was just like, oh my god, they made this girl like. Boom, bodacious.
0: But you are Alex Chung.
1: I can love myself. <laughs> that's that's the true message of the game. Love that's yourself. what it
0: is. Love yourself. Yeah. Love yourself enough to shake that controller because <laughs> you deserve it.
1: Okay. That the the jackhammer when the dual sense goes off is yeah. just too much. But
0: yeah, yeah. devs haven't figured out what how much is uh, too much. Yeah. <laughs> <And that laughs> little little, little too much yeah, on that yeah, one. Yeah, yeah that's right.
1: But yeah, that's one that I spent like uh, kind of the week with, and then. Um, I've been playing two other things, but I'll I'll pass it to you real quick before oh, I yeah? go back into my last one. Oh interview. real quick. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I guess another one I could talk about is um Remedy Remastered Alan Wake. And I played the entirety of it on stream. And it's a 10-year-old game that was sequestered off to the Xbox and eventually got a PC release because Remedy kept them pushing for it.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And um, we haven't seen Alan in some years. He has a slight cameo in Remedy's other masterpiece, Control. Mm. But uh, this is a very loving remaster that I believe was done mostly in-house. Mm. And, uh, yeah, it, it, it looks great. They redid all the lighting effects. They redid... A lot of uh, uh, the environment itself looks fucking great. Like, it doesn't feel like an old bitch game, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know? I I can't say they did much for, like, quality of life improvements because it really is, like, the core experience as it was, but there isn't anything super egregious in Alan Wake. Like, Mm -hmm. literally, it is... Uh, a pretty solid design back in the day and it's good now so uh, the main thing of it is like if you are familiar with stuff like you know stephen king or uh, x-files and twin peaks even all that inspiration is here alan wake is a writer with writer's block have you ever heard a story like that about an author of course never in my life this is the first right uh,
1: what's that one with uh
0: johnny Depp? uh secret window Gotta, you stole my story. Stole my story. Stole my story. <laughs> I call it and season. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it, so he goes to, uh, God, is it called Bright Falls? Yeah, it's called Bright yeah. Falls, which is somewhere in the PNW, nondescript place in PNW. Him and his wife take a ferry out there. And um, what Alan discovers is that there's this maleficent force, a shadow force hmm. that abducts his wife and starts plaguing the town and making... Turning people into shadow beasts of themselves and they go all crazy and they start saying weird stuff like an apple day makes
2: the doctor go
0: and they start attacking you with sickles and shit. It gets crazy, but Alan discovers very quickly that light is his uh way out of this situation. Hmm. So you get a flashlight and you shine it on your enemies, and that's how you soften their little bodies up, and then you can gunplay your way through it. Oh, cool. Gunplay's really solid. I was surprised. I actually got like kind of stuck. I, I thought I would play the game and be like, "Oh, this is fine. It's mm-hmm. nice having this again." I was like, "Oh no, this is fun still." Because keep in mind, Remedy is the studio that brought us Max Payne, so they know a little thing or two about gunplay.
1: Yeah, I was surprised to hear that there was such a gunplay focus with it. But, yes. you yeah. know, I loved Control. Like, I think that game plays very solidly. So if, mm-hmm. if Alan Wake is half the game that Control is in terms of that, then I'm
0: then I'm in. Mm-hmm. You know, it is it is it's still great honestly i there's a few things that are dated maybe a few character animations are a little over the top and there's some writing that's a little maudlin little melodramatic here and there but overall like it it is a very focused game in what it's trying to do give you this um play with like uh shadows and literary devices and giving you really robust environments, surprisingly enough. It's not, like, very... Like, it originally was kind of an open-world-ish game that they were making, and they eventually said, like, ah, doing, like, the side quest and all this shit was just really killing the pacing of the story that we wanted to tell, so mm-hmm. the... Last minute, they decided to just switch it all up and just kind of restitch it together as a more um, linear narrative experience. But it still has, like, these elements where you can, like, move around in the environment, look for, you know, more uh, batteries to, for your flashlight, find better better weapons. There's one cool element where um, there's somebody who obviously knows about the darkness in this town and is basically putting in, um, how would you say, like, the, the invisible ink? or invisible paint that Mm. you can only like see through like uv and it's like putting like arrows in the environment for you to find little caches filled with like batteries and ammo and shit Mm. and like alan's like who's doing this somebody knows about this right and it's really cool and another element that i think is very stephen kingy is that uh you'll find manuscript pages in the environment that serve as a collectible but if you pick them up it'll literally describe like a scene later in the game Hmm. Like, so Alan is picking up pages that he believes that he wrote that are basically for telling everything that's going on. Oh, that's neat. Like, it's it's a cool, like, device to play with. And, um, yeah, it, it, like, the set pieces are good. Even though there's not much variation to the enemies, you literally just get shadow men and then larger shadow men. <laughs> You also end up fighting inanimate objects throughout it because, like, they even make this joke about how, like, Stephen King used to write a lot about uh, everyday household objects becoming consumed with evil. And so you end up, like, fighting fucking, like, just random shit (laughs) that you have to shine a flashlight on. Some of that gets a little annoying because, like... There's a dodge ability, and you can do, like, a perfect dodge. It always feels good to Hmm. do. You can't perfect dodge, like, objects, which is really fucking annoying. Hmm. But you end up in cool set pieces where you're fighting, like... um, Like uh, farm threshers (laughs) that are coming your way.
1: That's an interesting carryover that Control did where it's like the the objects of power. Like you come across like a flamingo or like an anchor or like things and you end up doing a boss fight with that fucking anchor at one point. And it's like, oh, I'm just fighting a normal thing that is just like has this energy and evil to it. Yeah, it it, it (laughs) does a
0: lot of stuff like that. And honestly, I think it does a great job of just setting up its atmosphere, setting up its tone and just... Fucking just hooking you for the ride. Like I didn't want to stop playing. Hmm. I was like, I need to see this. I beat it like in two. That's a twelve hour game, and I beat it in two sittings. Yeah,
1: you started it on a Friday night because I remember like I started working, or I was I was coming off my shift, and you just started playing it. And then that Saturday, I was like, cool, I'm gonna lock in for my Saturday shift, and you started streaming, and you went till you're done. And I was like, this man Hell devoured yeah. a game. And
0: I did the DLC in two sittings. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> I American, did it all. American Nightmare. No sir, no sir. We're not that lucky in uh, this world. American Nightmare was a standalone game that has not been re-released the dlc was actually just downloadable content extra chapters that honestly feel very essential they kind of speak to like it's like the actual ending of the game oh cool so it's kind of crazy that uh that was dlc in my mind so it's cool that it's all collected here what's the price point for this uh 30 bucks all together pretty great price point for a very good remaster Hmm. like they like it looks great on the ps5 pretty fucking great the shadow effects they work the sound effects are like... Well, okay, I I have a criticism against the sound. The sound design is good. The sound mixing is garbage. Apparently uh. it was garbage in the original. It's garbage here, too. <laughs> like, fucking the sound of the shadows is like... Is louder than any dialogue. Oh. It's even louder than the music. It's fucking annoying as shit. Hmm. Like, I I kept on, like, having to play with the levels on stream going like, ah, I'm sorry, guys. It's a, it's a thousand-year-old game. My bad. <laughs> so that's, that's the only criticism that I really have, but... Otherwise, it's a great action adventure, and the one thing that kept on fucking pervading my thoughts, like the manuscript themselves, okay. is that this is how you do Silent Hill. Yeah. If you were to make a new Silent Hill, that's Silent Hill. I mean, I mean, everyone's gonna cry to high heaven about wanting a Silent Hills.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: This is how you do a third-person Silent Hill. Give up the ghost. Give up the ghost. Lisa's not coming back.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Sorry, guys. <laughs> so, but yeah, Alan Wake, high marks for me. It's a curiosity that is no longer uh, stuck on one platform anymore. Now, PC, PlayStation, anywhere you can get it, please get it. Hmm. If you liked Control, you are guaranteed to like this. Like that's how I feel. Wow, it's a good selling point. Yeah, honestly. So if you if you have a peaked curiosity about the greater, I don't know how you would call it, the the Wakeverse, maybe, <laughs> then check out Alan Wake. Okay. It's fucking great. I'm wondering if it's on sale right now because there's like a Halloween
1: sale happening on the PlayStation Network, but even still at like 30 bucks, that's a pretty banging price.
0: Yeah. 30 bucks is fucking amazing price. dude. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Okay. Um, well I'll, here, I'll take the ball back if you're done. Okay. Um, and I got two
0: more games on here. Yeah.
1: I have two more. You have two more. So okay. we'll just kind of go back and forth right. here. Another horror game uh, that I really don't have too much to say about because I only really played two hours. Um, I started playing Arcane's Prey. Maybe it was me coming off of Deathloop, where I'm like, oh, I want more of the studio's work, and I want to see what this is about, because uh, it seemed like it was a pretty cool, like sci-fi horror story. I needed a kind of spooky game to play, so mm-hmm. you know, I started started it up the other night and. Really, only played it for two hours. I think you were streaming while I was playing it. You might have been playing. No, I sorry. You were playing uh, Back for Blood with uh, with Nick, mm-hmm. and I was just sinking into it. And I'm like, oh, this is a pretty cool experience so far. I'm kind of drawn into the world, and the opening like moments are actually they took me by surprise, where they kind of do like a, a fake out uh, of like what you think is actually happening but you play as uh i think a scientist or an engineer i don't even actually know um and you can play as a male or female version of this character and you basically just wake up on your in your, your space bedroom one day, and you're told, okay, cool. Well, this is your routine for the day. Uh, meet me on the shuttle, and you go on the shuttle, and then you find out you go on the shuttle, and then you kind of go to this like little assessment room uh, where people are like doing tests on you and asking you questions, and then like you go through like four rooms of segments like that, and then the last room, like the guy who's proctoring you, uh, gets attacked by the the enemy of the game called the mimic, which can basically do just that with everything in the environment. Like it could become a coffee cup. It could become a fucking ladder. It could become a fucking fire axe. Like it could become (laughs) all these things. Uh, Basically just fucks this dude up and then all havoc starts to kind of let loose. And that's where the game kind of like starts to pick up and you find out that, you know, you're kind of in this manufactured environment uh, I'm not going to really say too much about it because I don't want to spoil that because it's a really cool reveal. And you're basically just trying to figure out like what's going on and you know fight your way through survival against this new uh, malevolent mimicking evil. I don't even really know like why they're there. Um, if it was like something that was like an experiment that had gone wrong, or if it was like a specimen that was found like on that planet, uh, because you're you're on a faraway like uh, star system, I think, like on a on a planet or moon unto itself. But it's it's really cool so far. It's like Bioshock meets Dishonored in terms of approach mm-hmm. where it's like, you know, it's that first person kind of action horror survival type game. From the beginning, like you peel out into the, the game and it's just like, all right, cool. Uh, it literally tells you you can approach any area however you want to do it, uh, much like Deathloop where it's like, yeah, just do whatever you want. And I'm, I'm interested to spend more time with it because I can tell there's a really special game here um sound design is pretty good so far the only thing that like i really don't like vibe with so far is like the the gunplay mechanics mm. um i've only really used two weapons because i've like i said i've only played two hours so like my main weapon has been a, a fucking uh a wrench
2: <laughs> yeah very uh, bio
1: yeah and the other weapon is like this weird gun that allows you to basically plaster uh the mimics mm-hmm. so like you just hold your reticle on it, spray it, and it basically turns them into, like, a stone that you can there and take the the wrench and just fucking smash <laughs> until they just, just are destroyed. There are kind of bigger mimics that you come across that are just, like, more of a threat that take a bit more, like, tactics. They to have health down. bars. They have health, health bars. I'm hoping there's more to the enemy designs than just that because
0: they're boring looking
1: because they're really boring looking um, i'm a shadow thing <laughs> yeah and they definitely they take you by surprise a bunch where it's like they just kind of come out of nowhere where it's like i turn a corner and i'm looking at a desk and then the desk turns into a mimic and i'm like oh okay fuck um
0: <laughs> yeah there, there's a sense of like um unease and paranoia with the environment that's really yeah. cool because like you're not sure like what What's real? Be a mimic
1: or not and like even with the opening scene yeah. i'm not sure what to trust sure right so yeah. i think that's big, a re- big mister x yeah i think that's a really interesting way to kind of start the the narrative and kind of uh have the player you know controlling the main character in these moments i love control yeah great game um but yeah i i'm interested to get more into it um i don't think like the the gunplay and and combat mechanics are particularly like great for what you're having me fight because like the, the mimics become a very frenetic enemy where like they're fucking jumping all over the place in front of you Uh, think of them as like kind of like just like shadowy like masses that kind of look like spiders right they're very like kind of agile and they kind of jump from surface to surface but like you're trying to swing this fucking wrench and like your swing isn't that fucking fast (laughs) Um, (laughs) an interesting mechanic that i that i have been liking is there are these things called neuromods which the world kind of posits as like uh kind of a parallel to like bioshock's uh like plasmids Uh, and Mm -hmm. vigors where it's like these are abilities that you can get to like kind of enhance your person and you basically they they show you doing it by basically taking like a thing and injecting it into your eye and it gives you things like oh you have better like hack abilities or you have more health or you're stronger or your engineering skills are better i thought they were going to be like more power based and not like skill based things Mm -hmm. um so i'm hoping they're kind of like more interesting ones that come along the way, but you know, in terms of like maybe helping me pioneer my own type of play style, I like that they're there. But yeah, otherwise, really interested to kind of sink into the world and, and narrative a bit more. Um, I think I'm gonna like it from what mm-hmm. I can tell so far. I'm not sure how long it is. Uh, I think it's
0: sizable. Sizable.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. But that's pretty so far. I even kind of debated like not even talking about it because like haven't really. I can't really speak to it. Sure. And I'm like I like as you. Saw like I'm like not even sure what half the things are called, <laughs> but you know, yeah. um, definitely definitely worth the the 15 bucks that I spent on it. So
2: yeah yeah yeah.
0: We'll one day revisit it. Yeah. I've always had like it. I want to like Prey.
2: Mm.
0: I think the Shadow on Prey is. I just can't get rid of the fact that I really love the original Prey, and this mm. is nothing like that game. Nothing to the point where like it's almost like fucked up that it's called Prey. Like it should stand by itself and not have an IP attached to it. Yeah. Since it's just so unlike. The original prey, mm. It's should just be called something else, but it's a cool name. The original
1: one was what from like two thousand seven,
0: somewhere around there. And yeah. this was
1: a remake that came in twenty
0: seventeen. Sure, yeah. remake. Yeah, uh, reboot. It's a reboot. For yeah, sure. okay.
2: It has so what did the it's original
0: nothing this? The original yeah, what was the play like <laughs> like Quake. Oh, it plays okay. like Quake. It's, it's like a doomy kind of shooter, and oh. uh, you play as a native a Native American that gets abducted by an alien a spaceship. Oh.
1: That's pretty cool.
0: Yeah, it's really fucking awesome, actually. Huh. Yeah, and you just fight these... Yeah, you're trying to get your girlfriend back because these fucking aliens have you abducted and it's, like, parts of the town are stuck up there, too. Like, huh. I wanted to see, like, that again. So this this game already, like, it, it it's weird that it's called Prey.
2: Yeah.
0: And it's nothing like Prey.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think it's, like, it's similarity as well it's set in space and it has this interesting kind of setting to it
0: aliens in space yeah. is all that it really yeah <laughs> it's a weird thing like but bethesda had to you know get something out of the ip right they sure. paid for it so yeah but yeah i i think the thing that kills me is that i'm not always in love with like um fps sims yeah and that's what this game is through and through where it's like you yeah can, you can pick up everything in the environment i'm like so <laughs> Like, I don't... just Give me good gunplay. (laughs) Yeah. You can read every file. You can
1: look at everything. It it does kind of slow the experience down. I have never
0: finished a Deus Ex. That shit ain't for me, you Uh. know? And this game has a lot of Deus Ex, like DNA slash Bioshock. I would say it's more Deus Ex than it's fucking Bioshock. Mm. Because Bioshock, at least, was a decent shooter (laughs) at its core.
1: Yeah. No, I'll give it that. It's it's FPS elements were definitely, like... Pretty engaging, yeah, I, I, down, especially know? in combination with like the plasmid abilities, which I don't know if this game has something like that. I know I compared the neuro mods to plasmids. It's I don't think it's a. I a think it's fair, more perk system. Yeah, mod. it's yeah. like think Fallout and the and the like skill perks that you get. Sure. Yeah. Um, so that's not a fair comparison, but so. I will report more when I have more to say. But yeah, tell me a little bit about pick pick a game. You got two games left. Pick
0: to a game. About. I got uh, well the one that I have more impressions on. I'll say for last... Okay. So I'm going to talk about The Dark Pictures Anthology. You swung on me. I thought you were going to talk about the other one. House... Well, I beat Back for Blood, dog, so I have more to say about it. Okay. Okay. (laughs) I did not beat House of Ashes. Mm. Which, the only reason I picked it up is because a lot of uh, chatter on the internet said that Mm. it's the best supermassive game since Until Dawn. Wow. And that woke me up. Yeah? Because... As If you're aware, they make cinematic, choice-driven, uh, yes. narrative-based games, yes. right? Much like
1: Life is Strange.
0: Much like Life is Strange, but with a horror bent, yeah. which, you know, should be up my alley. But unfortunately for me, they've released two fucking duds since mm-hmm. they've branched off from Until Dawn as a franchise.
2: Weren't there
1: three?
0: Uh, Was it Man this a Dan? This is a Little
1: Hope and then this? Okay. Yep.
0: Yeah. and then there's a fourth coming out.
1: Okay. Cool. interesting.
0: So there there yeah, there was Man of Medan, people said it was fun, but whatever. And mm. then a Little Hope is garbage. Yeah. We Absolute that. garbage. <laughs> yeah, we played a little bit of it. And that was too much. <laughs> okay? The story was garbage, the, the game was garbage, everything was garbage about that game, and it was just like, wow, this is so disappointing. But this game came out of the fire and said, "Hey, we're actually good this time."
2: Hmm.
0: And it is. So the setting of it is in um <laughs> get ready. 2003 Iraq, oh. you are playing from the perspective of soldiers dispatched out in Iraq, okay? There's even a character that's wearing a hat saying, remember 9-11. There's some authenticity to the, the setting here, right? Yeah. There's another character that says, Bush did 9-11. It was crazy. <laughs> he, he dies pretty quickly, though. Yeah. Cover up. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you um, basically play as a character that thinks that, uh, or you play as the whole cast. That's a weird thing about that, yeah. about those games. Like, you're not playing as one character. Yeah. So to
1: kind of put it, like, as it should be stated here, the Dark Pictures Anthology games are meant to be played, like, multiplayer. Like, they're kind of like co-op, like, share the controller type games. Sure. Where this game was kind of sold as, like, play with up to five friends, right? Pass the controller, and each person will play as that different character and make choices. Sure. But yeah, if you're playing single player, you obviously control across each of them yourself. That's
0: a weird part of this game. Like there isn't, you don't make choices. Like every um, new scene you play is from the perspective of one character. It tells you on the screen who it is. Mm -hmm. So it's not like you can make choices for the other characters while you play as somebody else. So it's weird that the games are multiplayer
2: hmm
0: <laughs> that that's the thing that gets me where i'm just like how are they multiplayer again <laughs> like wait wait, is there like another choice system i don't know about but anyway because it seems super sequential right because mm. it's not like oh yeah you go from jason to rachel in the same scene nope not yeah at
1: all. like where we were playing little hope and it's like we were actually we had two controllers yeah and we were kind of reacting in the in the moment
0: yeah i think it was oh yeah it was where like um you can walk around as the other character yeah is that what it was okay whatever anyway it doesn't feel like it's built for multiplayer when you play single player. Okay. That's the one thing about it. But um, So you are looking for WMDs in the desert, which makes sense. <laughs> yeah, right? as I would. But instead you find an ancient Mesopotamian temple underneath uh, the desert where you all fall into it. I'm just going to say, like, if you don't want to be spoiled, just fucking stop right now. Uh, because I'm gonna spoil this, which is <laughs> there's vampires in this motherfucking temple. Oh shit! And they are crazy. They're super strong, super fast. They got talons for days, and they don't die easy.
2: Hmm.
0: Okay, but they have the same weaknesses as vampires: uh, sunlight, mm-hmm. and that's it. <laughs> So, it, the so I was playing it on stream and like the the stream was just like I hate the cast. Everyone's like I hate these characters and mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, because they're all like military douchebags. But, you know, it's the game still tries to do the whole, um, well, here's your emotional grounding. There's one character who's married to another character, mm-hmm. and they've been separated for a year, and the wife is cheating on him now with one of the other Marines, and he doesn't know it, So you, but you know it, because you play as all the characters. <laughs> yeah, and when you're talking to him, it
1: probably leads to certain, like, conversation choices that you probably feel conflicted about saying yeah. one way or another. Oh, you could
0: reveal it, like, almost yeah. immediately and be like, I'm fucking someone else. Yeah. Fuck you. <laughs> you know, like, But or you could just be like, eh, let's try to fix this marriage. Yeah. You know that kind of thing. It's 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 corny but it works well. But um I think the horror is what really fucking lands because it's not like all over the place, it's not too heady, it's very straightforward, it's very like the descent meets vampires. Yeah. Like that's exactly what this game is. It knows what it is, and it plays it super well. And the cool thing is it actually has like, so soldiers from the other side are also down there too. And you play as a, you play as one of them and like, you have to like help each other and stuff. So it's this kind of like enemy mind situation with vampires. Hmm. I've only played, I think of roughly half of the game, but so far graphics are beautiful. The, the foreboding darkness is really pervasive and really cool. It's a cool setting. Honestly, Hmm. it's a setting we've seen before in movies, but it's, that's what makes this game cool. I'm playing one of those movies for once. Hmm. Like, even the shots when you're playing, like, walking around are like, oh, wow, this is set up really well, dude. Like, this is set up like a horror film, you know? Hmm it it really lands i think it's a probably i agree the strongest outing from supermassive since until dawn mm. but it doesn't have until dawn's problem of like you know kind of that lack of focus where it's like we're going to do this genre slasher genre monster genre yeah. windigo genre there's going to be
1: like a yeah. saw element like it's going to be yeah. literally all over the place no
0: this one is definitely monster in the house genre cool. <laughs> like let's I just like that. stick to that yeah
1: which i think that's kind of the the point of these dark uh anthology games to kind of have a single theme or horror element and kind of just commit to it versus like being what until dawn was which was this fucking like juggle fest of like we're paying homage to all these horror elements that we love mm-hmm. and maybe you'll love this too you know
0: yeah I, I like that I it's hyper
1: focused and uh from what you're telling me it sounds like i'd be right up my alley it is um,
0: it is it's strong man hmm. super strong super spooky a lot of quick times Oh, okay. you got to be quick on those quick times.
1: Yeah,
2: so Look, that's X, so...
0: X. There's a rock. Oh, no. That's, that's... That happens a lot, by the way. The rock is the worst <laughs> enemy. And I don't mean Dwayne Johnson. Yeah. I mean, literally, rocks are in your character's way. And if you don't press that quick time right, he'll, he'll trip and goof up and get a vampire and take off his head.
1: <laughs> well, my man across from me right here has mm-hmm. played Resident Evil 5 many times, mm-hmm. and he knows how to punch a boulder.
0: I know how to punch all boulders. So
1: I think you're probably sitting pretty good in those situations.
0: Different sizes, too. Big, small, Medium. Well, I feel like. like the small ones you could just, like, kick aside. Oh, you that's the first mistake you make. They're uh-huh. so dense. <laughs> You're like, oh, I stubbed my toe, and then a vampire <laughs> yeah, gets yeah, you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. The vampire gets you, dude. Yes, yeah. it's, it's bad. Fair. Uh, so talk to me. Because, again, i got to beat this game before yeah. I <laughs> say anything else. But, I mean, if, if you've played one, you've played them all. But this one happens to be really good. Hmm. So, there okay. you go. Talk to me about your last game. Oh, I'm dreading this. Okay, so ah. the game I'm currently playing, uh,
1: and this is cause for me to dust off my Switch and my Pro Controller, is I'm playing Metroid Dread. <gasps> the game that you shouldn't pirate, you should maybe emulate, and definitely buy.
0: <laughs> <laughs> buy and emulate. Yeah.
1: Um, so this is Mercury Steam coming back uh, with all the Steam to do a kind of classic 2D side-scrolling Metroid. Did uh, they bring
0: any Mercury
1: uh you said yes. they brought the steam no <laughs> well the mercury is it's yeah it's there okay yeah because okay. this game's got some heat to it too don't drink that i won't <laughs> don't drink that <laughs> but what how can i really phrase how i'm feeling about this game because i'm feeling conflicted right um don't you said earlier i have well i <laughs> called it metroid <laughs> math <laughs> oh,
0: there
1: we go and i i don't think that's fair like i don't i Aww. don't so i put about like I've put about... Sure, you
0: got to be fair to games.
1: Yeah. (laughs) I've put about five hours into this game. People love it, right? They're saying it's probably the best Metroid in a really long time, one of the best Metroidvanias. I'm like, I I could see where they're coming from with it. But, you know, I thought I was going to be way more hot up on it and, like, vibing with it. And there's just so much about it that, like, is just kind of grating on me, Mm. which is unfortunate to to have to say because I think, like... You know, the presentation of it is, like, you're getting what you signed up for. You're getting a fucking Metroid game, right? You got Samus Aran back in the fucking, the player seat. You got, you look like a badass bounty hunter. you fucking kicking ass. You're killing Metroids. You're doing the thing, right? But there's something about the mechanics and the Metroidvania sense of exploration that I'm just really not vibing with
0: for oh, some reason. Oh, no, man.
1: Yeah. Um, it's there in the title though. I know it's like it's the
0: whole thing I
2: know what's going on Tell I know.
1: Me. maybe maybe recent Metroidvania is like Hollow Knight spoiled me where I think that's like the perfect Metroidvania what do we say Hollow Knight is Hollow Right. that's right you know and it, that's, I'm gonna get that tattooed on my chest one day and, mm-hmm. and Comic Sans and right people are gonna be like well wow. Comic Sans <laughs> you know, yeah fuck you dude. knows
0: the truth with that <laughs>
1: <laughs> maybe not Comic Sans maybe Helvetica
0: take this Team Cherry <laughs> Comic Sans <laughs> <laughs> you're like you put that in your
2: body
1: <laughs> but the The game does a good job at kind of like catching the player up to like present events of like uh, why Samus is here, what she has encountered in the past, the what the Metroids are, what the I think the the X or or Z viruses. Oh, oh what God. the fuck is it called? Hold on, I gotta look it up really quick. You
0: could just it's G virus.
1: No, it's hold on a second. Zero
0: G virus. Oh yeah yeah.
1: So no, it's just called the X. So yeah. The, the idea is that, like, Samus had wiped out, like, all the Metroids, and now there exists this species called the X, which is, like, a parasite that could basically mimic anything it infects. Hmm. There is a planet called ZDR that you get a distress signal from, um, that you thought had been wiped of all Metroids and this X virus, parasite, whatever, but distress call comes to you and they're telling you, hey, the planet's in danger, you know, the, this this X is running rampant, uh, you, you gotta go stop it. And you had sent, well, not you, but the Federation had sent out these things called uh, EMMIs, Emmys, to basically, like, scout and survey the planet. Hmm. Um, but they've basically been taken over by these parasites and they become kind of like a constant threat to you because they become hyper aggressive and they're basically trying to stop you um so you go to this planet and that's kind of where your adventure starts um you go there is a super badass you have your full suit of armor and everything Damn. and then you come across a chozo warrior big bad beats the fuck out of you oh, a really no. cool cutscene, uh and you lose your armor and your abilities um and what people are calling like i think physical amnesia where you just lose all of your abilities and <laughs> have to learn how to be sam s aran again very
0: symphony of the night
1: <laughs> yeah and you get into the game and you know you have your kind of cannon beam and you just kind of start off and you have basic mechanics like there's a cool power slide There is a parry deflect mechanic, which is mapped to X, which I really like. Um, Oh,
0: which X are we talking about? Is it the virus or the
1: button? The X button. Oh, wow. The X button. (laughs) And, like, each enemy has, like, a telegraphed, like, yellow glow that happens where you know, okay, cool. I'm going to hit X to deflect. And then you kind of do, like, an auto-lock target to where, like, you just kind of get, like, a power shot on them. And then you kill him, you get health, and then so on and so forth. So, like, I do really like that, that ability. I think it, like, is mm. an interesting mechanical thing that, like, I don't remember the other games doing. Um, and I think, like, yeah, I don't know, yeah. not at all. And I think more Metroidvania should have, like, a, a counter parry ability built in because it just, it fucking. Blasphemous. It, Blasphemous does. Blasphemous have that. has a good oh, parry. That's a good one. Fucking great parry. Um. But yeah, so the Metroidvania elements of like exploring ZDR, which is the planet, I don't know what the fuck Mm -hmm. it stands for, um, and trying to find your abilities and everything and and uncover the mystery of like what's actually going on here. I just find it a little bit underwhelming. I'm not like vibing on the sense of adventure that it's like selling me, really. Like, where I'm just like, oh yeah, it's you're going through a lot of corridors and they're cold corridors, it's a lot of steel, and you know, there's. (laughs) There's thermal passageways. Sounds like
0: a Metroid to me, man. Yeah, i know it has literally all the
1: makings of a metro It is, it's a fucking Metroid game. Like, they call it Metroid. But, yeah, but like for some reason, like the the sense of adventure that Hollow Knight instilled in me, were like I was really stoked to get each new ability and explore sure. like that next new area. Like it filled me with kind of a sense of like wonderment and like adventure whereas this game i'm just like i'm more just trying to get to the next area to just get through and find the next ability and i'm just doing it just to do it where i i just don't feel guided by that same like kind of enthusiasm
0: for it yeah um because it feels like nintendo picking up where they left i know it's mercury steam making but it's nintendo picking up where they left off yeah but like everyone else has either done different or even better
1: yeah and that's the thing like it it is a great metroid game but it just kind of does the same thing but you know, what, 15 years later. a little switchier. Yeah, and I mean, we've had iterations that have been done since then. Like, we've had Fusion, right? And we've had uh, Samus Returns. Mm-hmm. but like it doesn't reinvent the wheel at all it literally just like leans on like things that really have worked well for the franchise and i wish it had just kind of like tried to reinvent itself a little bit mm-hmm. um but you know i think it, in terms of like being that title for the switch like it, it is what it needs to
0: be you don't think the um implementation of the emmy as like pursuer types like really switches up the uh the, the how did you say the mechanics
1: uh i think some people find the emmy really interesting and like like foreboding and uh quite a foe to have to uh come up against i find them really annoying (laughs) Uh, because like it's the thing where there are i think six or seven in the whole game and they have their own designated areas and you always know when they're going to be there because like the area kind of goes in like a semi-lockdown where like the music changes and the doors kind of fucking slam down and all you can really do is run like you're not really able to fight them Mm. Um, if you get caught by them, they basically pin you down and you're done. You have a small window to do a deflect parry attack and stun them and get away. And that's really it. It's not until you get like each area where they're in has like a super ability basically that allows you to basically just, it's, it's one use, but it's sole intention is to kill the Emmy once and for all. So, like, once you get that, you're like, cool, I can fucking fuck this thing up, and boom. But, like, the problem is, like, whereas all the other deflex are very well telegraphed, these ones are not. And it's, like, it's hard to get the timing down for it. Um, Adam, who is the sentient computer being that you come across all the time, even tells you, well, you have a 99% chance of getting this right, kid. And it's just like, all right, well, I'm, I'm, I'm in that percent. I'm, 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 I'm not getting it right. Wait, I, no, sorry. A 99% chance of, like, not getting it right. Oh, okay. Like, that it's, makes yeah, sense. Yeah, it's, it's a very, very small opportunity for success with it. Okay. And um yeah, it, the problem is, too, like, when you get caught by them, like, sometimes the setback is, like, there's, like, a cutscene that sometimes it rolls you back to you to where you have to, like, kind of see the cutscene again and then roll through the initial counter or, or it sets you back a few areas and then you have to just fucking work through it again. But, like, when I'm trying to, like, get my exploration on and do my thing, I just feel like it just kind of... Uh, it just halts my progress and really just gets, like, it just annoys me. <laughs> ah,
0: that sucks. Yeah.
1: But I think, like, some of the uh, mechanical stuff is, is pretty cool. Um, the idea of, like, you know, building your Samus up and, and getting, like, a super cannon or getting this magnet ability that allows you to basically, like, wall climb and, like, you know, traverse across the ceiling. Um, you have a cloaking device that allows you to become invisible and kind of, like, evade these enemies, uh, which is, is cool. Um, and and seeing like the kind of slow build up of you know the full suite is is awesome because I know by the end you're gonna be a fucking like bounty hunting badass like mm-hmm. I'm gonna be unstoppable. And I hear the game like gets like fucking awesome over time. um I think i've I've killed two Emmys, I've killed two bosses and the bosses are like they're cool event like moments and set pieces. Um, and they're interplayed with like like cutscenes and like kind of like mixed like cutscenes and gameplay where like, something like will happen where the enemy like wrap you in its tail and pull you in close. And there's kind of like a canned animation and then you get like a small window to do a blast. And like, like those moments are cool, but like, i i'm waiting for the boss fights to like ramp up to be like wow this is a fucking bombastic spectacle and i know it's gonna get there like i'm only five hours in Hmm. um but i i've seen people like clear this game in like six hours and just blast right through it so (laughs) um the music i don't find particularly inspiring i've been hearing that it feels just kind of like you know whatever just to kind of like be there um but i also don't really know any iconic like metroid themes either so like you know if there is kind of like a reoccurring theme or callback motif like i'm missing it entirely because i just don't remember them i
0: don't remember
1: yeah like i played quite a bit of super (laughs) metroid um and i played other m and metroid prime on the gamecube but like i just my memory is like they're not games i revisit a lot so i definitely fucking have lost it but i mean there there is some some good i think for people like that love the franchise i think like if you're a big fan of metroid this is gonna hit for you really hard i'm not sure why it's not clicking with me maybe it's because like every time i unearth my switch it's a chore Um, (laughs) i also don't think that like the mechanics and the mapping feel particularly great um i feel like i'm crab clawing the controller every time where i'm like my pointer and middle finger for both my left and right hand are just like gripping the the trigger and the shoulder buttons like simultaneously to pull off certain like move sets and it just doesn't feel very like natural or good um and that's just kind of stymieing some of my enjoyment of it for sure Hmm. um and i also feel like i'm getting lost a lot (laughs) (laughs) that's metroid (laughs) yeah like there is like a pretty big over map that like is good at revealing secrets and like kind of helping you like push your path forward in ways Um, and you come across stations that unlock the map in full, at least like the skeleton of it, um, to let you know, Oh, these are the parameters that I'm going to need to explore. But filling up everything else is like, basically as you go through a room, it fills it out on your map as Metroids do. Right. But even Vanias, even Vanias, but there are some areas and rooms where I get into and I'm like, well, I can't quite figure out how to move forward with here. I thought I got like soft lock once, like where I, I thought I couldn't move forward or backwards and I'm like, what the fuck is going on? And this, this is the one thing the game does that really bothers me is that there are walls, right? I've heard of this. Yeah, or like elements of the walls or floor or ceiling where it looks like a completely normal wall. And it doesn't give you any visual indication that there's a weak point to it or you can blast it. <laughs> but you shoot it and then it's like, oh, okay, it reveals a block. That then, you know, it reappears over time, but it lets you know, oh, okay, this is an area that I can shoot my way through. And, nah, and, dude, and it's go gotta through. be like
0: a little crackly or yeah, something. Yeah,
1: that's the thing. Like, there's no, like, visual language Come to on. say, I can shoot this. So, no, no way. that part gets a little annoying where it's like, I, a few times I've gotten stuck and I'm just like, all right, well, let me backtrack and shoot my way around every corner of this yeah, room until... That.
0: Oh, let me shoot through every wall until... <laughs> yeah,
1: you were watching me play an area earlier where I was getting stuck between areas I knew I for sure couldn't go through. And then yeah. I go back and I'm like, why can't I advance? And then I literally just started shooting every fucking corner of the room. And I eventually just stumbled upon the solution. And I don't think that's very clever level design. <laughs> no, it's not. No, like so <laughs> straight up. Not, yeah. There are just some elements between like the mechanics, um, uh, the pursuer characters, which like, I think in, in X ex- and, uh, on paper are really cool, but in execution just aren't really working for me. Um, just cause it's just like, I'm trying to explore and I'm just being pursued non-stop. And it doesn't work for me in the way that like Mr. X does in uh in like Resident Evil 2 or you know even Nemesis where I feel like it's it's clever. It's just like you're designed to get caught and die. And mm-hmm. if if you didn't, then you're very lucky somehow. <laughs> um I'm gonna play it through. Uh I spent a lot of money on the Collector's Edition uh so i'm gonna i'm gonna get my dollars worth on it
0: it's a very large box
1: and i i can't say that like i i hate it because like there are elements of it that i do like i just um when i started playing it i was playing it in handheld mode and i didn't think it was a very comfortable experience and then when i moved over to the pro controller like i was playing it this morning uh i was like okay it feels a bit better but like just some of the the collision of the elements like you know, just weren't working out for me, and I know Metroid is like historically a very difficult franchise. Like, mm. and that that's fine. Like, difficult is one thing, but obtuse level design and just bullshit. Like, I'm just like, <laughs> it's not clever. Like, it's, yeah, yeah. That, that whole
0: hidden <laughs> wall thing is some NES bullshit.
1: Yeah, and like, I don't know. I like I come from that school of like having played NES games and fucking old school Zelda's, like I get it. But again, there's a visual language that tells you this is a thing you can destroy and just not present just because
0: it was done before doesn't mean like it's good now
1: yeah yeah but you know i i do want to like speak some positives to it i think like um samus is a badass in this the cutscenes are really like gorgeously animated and like the the levels like despite like how they don't inspire much in in me they are nice like there is a good foreground background kind of dynamic Hmm. for some of them and i'm interested to see like you know as I move to new areas, because you unlock, like, elevators and trams that bring you to other segments of, like, the planet, what those ecosystems look like, right? Like, I do, I do want to know that there's more to the game, right? And, you know, even if my sense of adventure has kind of been, like, squashed a little bit, mm-hmm. um, I, like, I, I do want to see it through and through. But I don't think I'm going to, like, run through and do, like, the 100% on it, um, like I see a lot of people doing. Friend of the show, Vern, I think he 100%ed it, which is fucking awesome because he's a big fan of Metroid. But yeah, I don't know. I like, I wanted to rant and rave about this game. I wanted to be like a fucking just Nintendo nerd about it. But like, uh, maybe it's time and place. Maybe it's all the things I spoke of that just feel kind of dated and clunky that just aren't working for me. Um, It's not even the jump that everybody's been complaining about. (laughs) Yeah. Where the people are like, oh, the jump mechanic sucks. And I'm like, I think the jump is fine, you know? It's like, oh, okay, cool, well, I jump once, that's all I got, or, you know, if I need to double jump, I have to, like, jump towards a surface or a wall and jump off of it, and I'm like, cool, like, I got that, like, that's that's fine. Um, But, yeah, I don't know. I will, I'll see it through. Um, I would be interested to see if, like, my opinion completely shifts at a point, if there's something that, like, just opens my third eye and makes me think, wow, this is a fucking, like masterpiece but just i mean for the moment like i just think it's good like i don't think it's like amazing <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know yeah. but
0: <laughs> maybe if you were able to play it in 4k your your tune would change you know maybe oh. if i could fucking fuck <laughs> yeah maybe if i could play it
1: in 4k and give fucking uh samus a cowboy hat and give her a fucking hook claw hand and, yeah you know put her in fendi boots all you good know? stuff yeah <laughs> it'd be great <laughs> you know? Be
2: fucking
0: fantastic or we'll play it on the PS5 and you'll be like, oh this is a great game.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't know if that's what it is where like it, so my this is a me problem and a e you problem where I'm so adverse to playing things on my Switch because oh, I hate it. I'm so like ingrained in like my, my Sony ecosystem where it's like Setting up my Switch, doing anything on it, like, it's just so cumbersome for me. You reverse um, my A
0: and B. Fuck yeah. off. That, that too, where I'm like, oh, this, why, why, why did
1: you do this? Why is
0: the main button all the way to the right? That's doesn't make any sense.
1: But, you know, <laughs> the the game, it's getting high praise, high reviews, and people are loving it on the OLED right now. So, like, you know, do, please do it. not take my opinion uh, as the end all, because, like, I have trouble seeing Switch games through as it is. <laughs> so, I do, too. Yeah. I do, too. But anyway, that that's Metroid Dread. Uh, Dread. And yeah. Let me let me bounce it back to you for like one last final game here. Uh, back 4 Blood. Talk to back for about Blood. Back
0: for Blood. Let me tell you, Back for Blood. You know how you watch a horror movie that's like a callback and homage to like older type of horror movies? Yeah. And like you're like, oh, that was really good, but you still like the older horror movies better. Sure. <laughs> that's Back for Blood. It's like, oh, this is a great callback to Left 4 Dead. I like Left 4 Dead better, <laughs> right? But even though it's it's unfair because it's like, well, it's been years since Left 4 Dead 2 came out, and this game does push the mechanics of the—or the framework, I should say, of Left 4 Dead, because it's not a one-for-one copy, but mm. it's close enough, yeah. right? But uh there's just things where like my memory of Left 4 Dead is better than the reality of Back for Blood is now. Hmm. And what I wanted Back for Blood to be like just a true successor in every sense of the word and it's not because it like like we saw from the beta it makes some decisions that are worse than the games that it's based on and there's some decisions that are better and cool. Like uh one example is there not being a consolidated um ammo type yeah. where it's like when you open up like an ammo box, it's like different types of ammos or you may like in the wild only find one type of ammo where it's like, oh, cool. Pistol, pistol, pistol. I have an assault rifle. <laughs> what am I going to do with this? Right? Like I was just like, that's that's stupid. Why not just consolidate it? Yeah. That's the original did that. It was fine. Everyone was happy. Nobody got mad. What? what, what? <laughs> like it's these confusing little things where you're like, why did you change that? <laughs> you know? And maybe that's part yeah. of the problem too, where it's like we have such like, we have a different game entirely as the basis, because this is the same studio, Turtle Rock, mm-hmm. working on Back for Blood as they did Left 4 Dead. And you can't help but just be like, well, I'm going to compare you, like, fucking apples to apples, even yeah. though it really should be apples to oranges. Because, one, we have the amount of time between these games, and two, the fact that, like, this is a different IP that they're working on. It's been a
1: really long time since a Left for Dead game came
0: out. Right. But... <laughs> I'm still doing four-player co-op, fighting a bunch of zombies, and they still do the framework of them going from safe house to safe house.
2: Yeah,
0: can't help but compare, dog. Like you know what you're doing here. So, Um, but overall, I think I I'm more up on the game than I was in the beta, Mm -hmm. because I think the beta levels were kind of bland yeah like remember the fairy yeah the fairy where you <laughs> you go through the entire ferry level to get to one little station to pick up like some bombs to go back into the ferry, mm-hmm. and then like the design of that was just so dumb like there's a lot of elements in this game where instead of being like a straight shot through the level you're doing like back and forth missions yeah where like you may even have to double back to the safe house that you left at the beginning of the level to finish the level hmm. and i think that kind of shit's not very intuitive
1: um whereas like left for dead was very much funnel from beginning to a very specific endpoint a to b yeah you Every do not time. look back
0: exactly and that's yeah. that gave you momentum to that so yeah. that i think that's where back for blood thinks that it's like well we're going to be a little bit different and really use our levels and like sometimes it works mm-hmm. um there's a there was this really cool level that me and nick were playing where you have to go to a bar and you have to like um Get all of the zombies at you, at you basically by playing a jukebox and, oh, okay. and fucking. Um, Somebody oh. was talking about this. It reminded me of Shaun of the Dead. Yes, yeah. it's very much that. But the song is uh Motorhead.
1: Oh, <laughs> Ace, Ace of Spades. Spades. Yeah,
0: yeah. And then the zombies attack the jukebox, and then you have to like turn it back on to get them like back into the bar to like kill them all. It's, oh, cool. It was actually really cool. Like, there's some levels that are really, really like well thought out where you're like, that was fun. Like me. And all of those levels happen like almost at the midway to end of the game that uh-huh. me and Nick were like, oh, these are really good levels. Okay. But the beginning of the game is like, these are really bad levels. These are not very good. Hmm. <laughs> I don't understand that like mashup, but how many levels in total? That's hard to say. Because it's not a clean, like, oh, there's only um like Left for Dead had the structure of every level had like four acts to it.
2: Yeah.
0: This has campaigns that could have like i would say like four to seven acts and it's variable like in act two i think we were we did like fucking like uh, i don't know like 10 different checkpoints whereas (laughs) the last act only has one level (laughs) oh but it's like one big like roving boss mission which spoiler you actually fight a boss which is really cool Mm. is it Um, that big thing that we saw in the demo no oh (laughs) <laughs> that's the cool thing you fight like 10 of those by the way hmm. those are called ogres okay they they there's like 10 of them that you fight throughout it and there's also other things called breakers that are more like they all look like resident evil enemies but it's basically like a tyrant that's like fast and slaps you across <laughs> like the level and shit he can like slap your ass like hmm. just straight across uh then some of that shit's really cool like But the balancing is really off right now. The balancing fucking sucks, I would say, because the game doesn't know when to let up. Like, its AI director just, like, says, hmm, they seem to be doing pretty well. I'm going to send 15 specials at once. (laughs) And you're like, what the fuck, dude? There's too many deadlock situations, too. Like, um, there's no good struggle mechanic for when you get captured by a special. Mm -hmm. Like, you just have to hope a teammate notices you or you're just going to die. Okay. Like there's no like, oh, I can fucking wiggle the stick or anything. And like, there's just too many of those. Mm-hmm. Although they do give you some fallbacks. Like um, at, at the safe house, you can buy a stun gun. And if you get caught like that, you can just press like the D pad to use it and you break free hmm. automatically. And like some of that shit's really good. I think, I think that's clever where they have like a whole litany of things, but um, I really believe in kiss
1: keep it simple stupid uh-huh okay. i was In like this the, game
0: the band <laughs> this game refuses to keep it simple okay <laughs> and that's what kind of hurts it a little bit originally i thought the card system that they implement in the game where you um i forgot about yeah you have a deck of cards that have different perks some of it could be like faster reload simple stuff like faster reload or more health some of them are really interesting such as if you get down the rest of your team does like extra damage or shit like that just like crazy variables or my favorite every melee kill is plus two health back for you oh cool it's fucking amazing right and you can have 16 slots for the cards however You don't choose the cards from the offset. It's random Mm -hmm. when you get into a campaign where it goes, okay, here's a selection of five cards from your pool, Mm -hmm. your deck, basically. Choose which one you think you're going to have fun with. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: (laughs) And then, like, between each round, you get to choose more and more cards. And some cards benefit the whole team. Some of them just benefit you. I thought that shit, like, I wasn't going to dig on. But it's actually, like, one of the more straightforward aspects of the game. Mm -hmm. What's not straightforward to me is, like, again the litany of like ammo types and attachments to your ammo and the fact that you have like a in between store in the safe house rather than just simply going like here's weapons on a desk (laughs) like in left 4 dead yeah it's literally like you could buy this you have an in-game currency so you got to look for currency in the map and i'm just like again you just fucked up your pacing (laughs) you fucked up your momentum because now i'm just like oh i don't have enough ammo or i don't have enough money to buy a gun oh my god hang on i'm gonna leave the group and search for coins that's stupid. You really it's an action game, dog. Mm-hmm. You're you're not an exploration game. You're a fucking like you're if you're using the Left 4 Dead archetype, mm-hmm. then it's like we're gonna come together and kill everything between A and B and yeah. sometimes have variable objectives why are you adding all this extra bullshit for me to, like, get distracted by?
1: Yeah. It feels weird for, like, a a multiplayer co-op game like that. Right. Especially, like, if you're playing with, like, randos, uh and they're trying to whisk you away from point to point. Exactly, because the
0: randos will run ahead and get killed by themselves constantly because they're looking for stuff. Yeah. And it's because the game doesn't keep itself simple in that way, Mm -hmm. where it matters. Totally fine to do stuff, like, where it's, like, the card system. Fine. Mm -hmm. Right? But, yeah, uh, other stuff is kind of burdensome. Right? Mm-hmm. And then, um... Like I said, the balancing is pretty off because it it just sends too many specials your way. And the specials do goofy shit sometimes where, like, there's this one that pukes uh, acid at you. Of course. And when he shows up, he's always just, just like, a little bit too far away for you to, like, react quickly. And then by the time that you do react, he's already just walking entirely away from you. And so if you try to go follow him, like, well, you could get fucking ousted. You could get killed immediately. And it's like, ah, it's like, you should spawn those guys a little closer. And stop spawning the giant one-armed guys on top of me, because mm. they literally do that. You'll turn around and he's right there. It's not like he's coming from the distance. He literally is spawning on top of you.
1: That reminds me of like the hunters from Left or Dead, where it's like you hear them and mm. then all of a sudden they're on top of you.
0: Yeah, I would say it's worse. Mm. It's way worse than the hunters. <laughs> yeah, because it's just like wait, wait a second. <laughs> you get just fucking decked. But um, otherwise, the gunplay is really good. It feels mm. good. It doesn't feel as arcades as Left or Dead. It feels like. Um, closer to call of duty where it's a little more methodical like aim down the sights and all that stuff um playing with stuff like the sniper is really fucking cool and Mm. feels good to get like good kills with it and shit and and some of the melee is really cool too yeah um like getting a baseball bat and just smashing through a crowd is great um some of it feels too slow especially since when you're attacked you become naturally slower and i hate that Mm. because the moment you get surrounded like you're just like you're encumbered and you can't do anything yeah like that doesn't need to be there. Like you're killing again. You're killing the momentum from something that, like I want this game to be like a bit faster than it is. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the developers were like, "Well, the way we distinguish ourselves is by not being fast." <laughs> and I'm just like, "That's a wrong choice." Um, but overall, I, I I like the game. I had a good time with it. Mm-hmm. Like there there's there's something special here. Well, let me <laughs> let me go back. Yeah, there's something here. There's something fun here. <laughs> Maybe not particularly special because we already know where it comes from it's not brand new and it's not deviating enough for it to be like wow what a sensational uh take on the left for dead genre no it's pretty goddamn close for government work right and and then but like um i think they can build on this Mm -hmm. i think um i see the potential for like more campaigns and doing interesting stuff like i think um I had the most fun with when they did crazy stuff like you're going to be underground and fighting a boss or you're going to be (laughs) – you have to have like two characters hold items that need to get to the end of the level while the other two defend you. Like that shit's interesting. It's like thank you for giving me interesting objectives. Yeah, it actually
1: does seem a lot more dynamic than – left for dead ever did and yeah uh i mean i played the 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 beta as well and like my takeaway was like the gameplay is is good but like the stuff i was doing just felt kind of like rote and i i was Mm. like and the the enemy encounters too where i'm like i don't really feel like these uh what are they called again oh the ridden the ridden i didn't feel like the ridden were particularly like well designed or inspired but i was like it was fun to get in there and just fucking shoot zombies and do stuff with your friends where like there was the one thing where you have to Oh, I fucking forget, actually. You have to gather stuff to, like, load a gun or load a, a, a rocket oh, launcher Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where you
0: had the... So it was an anti-take, like... Uh, like an all
1: artillery Yeah,
0: it was missile. an artillery strike. And yeah. you had to, like, put in the bullets and it took a while to load it so people had to protect you.
1: Yeah. That was cool. So I like I like those elements. I think yeah. that's, like, a neat shake-up. But, yeah, I just... Hmm. I don't know. Like, there was something about it that didn't really compel me beyond that. Yeah. So I'm glad to hear that, like, you were able to get through it with Nick and, like, that towards the end at least it started to like pick up.
0: Yeah, we beat the whole campaign. There yeah. there's another cool one where you had to um find these there was this one really flooded environment. It looked like a hurricane struck. Mm-hmm. Like there was like a trailer park covered in a flood and like boats out in the open. And it was a really cool environment to be a part of. Yeah. Because it was like, yeah, nobody would fucking take care of a trailer park after a hurricane because yeah. no one's Good alive. Life. <laughs> right. And so you have to find these cargo caches and helicopters come and you have to like link on each corner uh, a tether. And so, like, you have, like, hordes of zombies, like, attracted to the helicopter sounds. Yeah. And so you're trying to fight them off while, like, tethering these fucking cargo things and, to, like, to, like, get them back up to the helicopter. I was like, oh, this is really cool. Yeah. Like, this this feels like something that I should be doing during a zombie apocalypse. Yeah, that <laughs> like, sounds actually fucking dope. Yeah. But, like, what, what do you
1: think the replay value of it is, though?
0: I haven't really gone back. Yeah. That's the problem. <laughs> like, I saw the campaigns and I was like, okay, I'm yeah. glad that I saw that. <laughs> but, yeah, like, whereas for some reason... Again, I, I'm trying to be cognizant of, like, proximity of time. When Left 4 Dead came out, I was, like, 17. Yeah. I had a lot of time to replay those levels and be like, Let, let's up the difficulty and shit, you know, and and do all the shit. I'm not compelled to replay this game, and there's one reason in particular. It has an unlock system for, like, cosmetics and, of course, new cards that you can put in your decks, and the unlock system is, like, just not that interesting. Hmm. Like, there's no guarantees for what you're going to unlock. It's just, like, get an allocation of points by beating levels. There's nothing else to it. There's no, like, do certain things in a level and unlock stuff. And there's no, like, like oh, here's special conditions to the level that will yeah. give you better stuff. That'd be cool. Yes. It just goes, here's an allocation of points. Go spend it. Okay. It's boring. <laughs> I'm just like, dude. Give- Actually, Aliens has kind of the same problem. Aliens, uh, Fireteam Elite, mm-hmm. where it's like the challenge cards are really cool, but it's all at the end of the day, you're you just getting get an allocation shit. of points. Yeah. Like make it where it's like, hey, dude, like Destiny style, you're guaranteed to get an exotic from like doing this run or something a certain way or fighting against certain infected. Like, cool. Mm. Make that a little more of like an ebb and flow of like, oh, now I have a reason to go back it just being a currency system means like i don't care that much plus the unlocks the cosmetics are like what if this character who you can't remember his name has blue jeans yeah. instead of gray jeans what if he had an eye patch yeah you're just like <laughs> i wish it was something like an eye patch it literally <laughs> is like oh what if this lady who you can't remember the name of is wearing a jersey <laughs> and it's just like this sucks <laughs> i'm like this is the stupidest shit i'm sorry dude
1: yeah i don't like i am beyond the days like outside of like, overwatch specifically where where, like, cosmetics really (laughs) speak to me. Like, even playing Avengers, I'm like, yeah, these cosmetics are cool, but, like, it's not why I play.
0: Oh, it could be cool if you could unlock them in the fucking game. Thank you the fuck very much. Yeah. Jesus. (laughs) And then here's the other thing that's still super egregious. The writing is awful. (laughs) The writing is so
1: bad. Between the characters?
0: Yes. Like, no, the the world itself is fine, and even the ridden have a cool, like, you know it's like it's worms that infect people and that's why they become like giant things because it's just like them congealing together because they're just nasty corpses Mm -hmm. becoming something else that's cool and when you shoot like when you get headshots and shit like worms burst out of their neck it's pretty cool that's like i would love to see that in a horror movie right
2: Mm -hmm.
0: but the writing dude one character is just like mondays huh (laughs) Like, fuck off! The writing is so bad, dude. We were playing with a group of people, and when we beat the game, they have, like, a big old cutscene of people, like, making... Like, one character, uh, Doc, is obsessed with getting paid. Okay. And that could be a fun character thing in anything else, but she's just like, Huh, well, I wish we were paid money for the events of this. And it's like, uh, okay. That sounds so (laughs) stiff. It's so bad. We were playing with a group of people, and, like, somebody came over chat and was just like dog, this is the worst fucking riding I've ever fucking heard in my life. He was talking about, he was like, uh, what was he watching? He was watching something on Netflix, and he was just like, this fucking show on Netflix has really good riding. Oh, he said Squid Game. (laughs) He's like, Squid Game's got such good writing, good character work. What the fuck is this? (laughs) I was cracking
1: up. (laughs) That's hilarious. Like, I'm Uh, not surprised that the game might have, like, bad, like, Character to character voice lines and interactions. Campy
0: is one thing. Outright bad is another. I think they were going for camp and they landed on shit. But I think the
1: problem too is like you have to give us characters that we're gonna end up caring about. And like for as like kind of tight as the cast of like Left for Dead was, you ended up caring about characters like Zoe and Coach and like their their care like their voice lines together felt like they colored the experience in a fun way in a charming way. This doesn't seem like that.
0: There is an importance to keeping it to just four characters. Yeah. So you can build off and build them together. And their interactions were different across the levels, too. Yeah. I'm hearing the same goddamn line. You know what happens when Doc accidentally shoots someone? I know, because I've heard the line 15 times. Oh, it's, lay it on me. Somebody just goes, Doc, you're just making more work for yourself. <laughs> What the fuck, dude? Well, how how least... did that get out of the writing room? At least it's not like
1: Iron Man saying fucking nap time.
0: That's true. Yeah, But you could, you could straight up tell like the last thing they thought about was character dialogue. Mm-hmm. Like it just wasn't a thing, you know? <laughs> you know, yeah. Anthony Birch talked about this back in the day. He had an article about why Overwatch has really good dialogue. Mm-hmm. It's because the repeat lines things that characters say consistently have importance Mm -hmm. because like they tethered it to a gameplay which is if somebody's gonna say their alt and scream out like the name of the alt like it is like an awareness thing yeah it's It's not for fun
1: it's character lines and dialogue that lean into the audio design that help you kind of sharpen your senses about the gameplay and what's happening around you but also like there's bolstering lines that help you know that these characters have a history together. Whether mm-hmm. it's, like, just playing the game or watching the extended, like, animated shorts or whatever, or reading the comics, you're like, oh, yeah, I know that fucking, you know, Mercy and, you know, Ana have a past together, or this character, this character, and it feels enriching.
2: Let me and ask you nice. something.
0: When you're out there in Overwatch and in, in the actual, like, shoot and shoot, mm-hmm. right, besides the character alts, do they actually say anything? Like, when I kill somebody, does my, Well. Cassidy now. Yeah. Does Cassidy say like gotcha? No, right? There's well, no in-between dialogue except for like when they're in the room and when they do their alt's, right?
1: No, they'll interact with each other if if they're in proximity to each other. Really? Yeah.
0: Okay, I'm just trying to remember.
1: Yeah. Well, it's definitely like <laughs> it's been when so you, long. when you're standing in the rooms like they'll definitely say uh like oh what's the line from um
0: No, I I know that. Like from like,
1: like Madea Diva. Oh, Diva, I loved your latest song or
0: something like that. Totally. You know? Yeah. What about when I'm out in the open? And I'm pushing a payload. Do they automatically say lines like payload or stuff like that?
1: Yeah. Like pushing the payload. Okay. Yeah. They do say stuff like that. This signifies that you're pushing like an objective or doing it. They
0: normally say lines of importance. Yes. They don't just go like good one, May. Right.
2: <laughs> yeah. That, no, that... <laughs>
1: they, they do that too though. But like, ah, well, the objective based ones, it's audio design that help you kind of know what you should be exactly. doing. Exactly. Yeah. It's it's, it's a mix of both is the thing. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. But I think you're more charmed by the Overwatch cast and saying things because it's like, well, this I like these characters.
0: No, I'm actually yeah. just mechanically trying to un- unwork of like, well, when you're actually in the playing field, they only say lines when it's alt, when they do something that's tethered to gameplay. But they're not just like when if, if I were to get a kill as Ana, as she doesn't go boom, headshot. She doesn't say shit. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's the problem. So like it gets more annoying the more when it's like you're activating the same line from something that I'm going to do very yeah, recurrently. And it has no importance other than, like, I happen to think that I guess uh, somebody would say boom, headshot when they get a headshot.
1: Yeah, so, okay, (laughs) I'll I'll say for mechanical stuff and kills like that, unless you activate the voice line yourself, for those it doesn't say it. But there are character interactions when you're out in the field and then doing specific objective things. Cool. Like pushing the payload. Like, I always hear Reinhardt saying, pushing the payload. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, I I feel like even though it's... They found a way to somehow make recurrent lines not annoying because mm. they mean something.
1: Well, also, the voice cast is really good and really fun. good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Whereas like it doesn't sound like the voice cast of uh, <laughs> Back for Blood showed up with any uh, chutzpah.
0: <laughs> they, they do a fine job. They just have the worst lines imaginable. Yeah. <laughs> like they just suck so much. I'm just like, dude, there's so much you can do and play with. Like, but their jokes are just so like family circus. Do you remember? Oh family yeah, I remember a <laughs> family circus. The jokes are family circus uh, level,
1: like Christian level jokes.
0: <laughs> like I wouldn't say like maybe that bad, but like you get like, what these I'm...
1: are these are jokes you tell at church. No, it's that. Yeah, it's that bad.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, back for blood, I uh, recommend it and I doubly recommend it if you can get it on Game Pass for free.
1: Mm. <laughs> yeah, because think... that's how Nick was playing it, right? Yes. So that's the cool thing too that it has like cross platform.
0: Yeah, yep. yeah, we just jumped in Discord and played yeah Dope. and like in order for me to hear the game i just plug in my capture card and just easy peasy cool
2: yeah good
1: stuff i want to pick it up i do um i just don't want to buy it full price yet
0: uh yeah chelsea also is going to wait for it to yeah. be on sale because she was like eh, i don't know about 60 bucks." like
1: i think 40 is a good entry point for it for me so maybe like during the holidays when they do a sale yeah. i'll jump on it
0: we got to go back to aliens dog we
1: do i have one campaign i haven't finished yet
0: well back for blood return for left. <laughs> okay. Don't do that.
1: Yeah, um no, I I'll hop on it when uh, when Chelsea gets it and uh, hopefully you and Nick will be down to play again as well. Well, uh, I own it. And hopefully something. by then they'll add more maybe quality of life stuff or, you know, listen
0: to fan feedback a bit. What I understand the extra campaigns aren't free. Oh. So that's a that's a, I feel like that's against the grain <laughs> for like for like what other games as a service are doing, like Alien said that it's gonna all of its campaigns will be free. There's other games that definitely do yeah. that, which that's cool for
1: like a game that was already a budget title. So kudos yeah. to Alien. Yeah,
0: just play World War Z.
1: Oh yeah, you bought the what was that edition called?
0: Ah, uh, Aftermath. Aftermath. Yeah, World War Z was a good ass game. Great ass game. Yeah. <laughs> Great ass game. Well, anyway, I think it's time to shut this one down. Yeah,
1: guys. Sorry, we went a little long. We had like fucking eight games we had to talk about in full uh some games that i had to bash you just
0: full-on reviewed life is strange you know that that was like a review <laughs>
1: uh so the thing about life is strange is like i talked about it without really spoiling wow, anything he's coming back into it because like to talk about a, a narrative <laughs> game like you yeah. have to talk around the narrative yeah, because yeah, yeah. otherwise you spoil it so yeah no
0: <laughs> it was still a review
1: yeah. uh, <laughs> well that's the Save Room review of Life is there Strange True Colors yeah, but man. yeah guys thanks for listening Um, we got, we got a lot of content here so hopefully you guys enjoyed this but yeah like I said earlier um, please go give us a listen over at soundcloud.com slash save room show please give our Halloween Kills episode some love Uh, took two takes to get that right so hopefully you enjoy it uh, but otherwise go at us on Twitter at save room show tell us to fucking record shorter episodes yeah that'd be good because we get too self-indulgent you know or over here fucking just jerking off I did my part (laughs) yeah yeah I did my part what was your part huh what was the what was the the thing that you told the the people or did for these people today
0: um go pirate metric
1: (laughs) (laughs) I knew it's gonna land there. Save Room says, "Go pirate Metro." Oops. Yeah, we don't. We're not Kotaku. We can say it.
0: Damn it! Nintendo won't give me anything. Still.
1: No. <laughs> yeah, they want to charge us fifty dollars for fucking that Nintendo Expansion Online Plus package.
2: Yeah.
0: Bullshit. They do. they do.
1: Oh wow. Well, guys, thanks for listening. Hope you guys had a, a good Halloween and a safe night. And we'll talk to you later. Goodbye. Bye. Jeopardy. Jeopardy. I can't believe <laughs> I had to explain that to you. No.